the 700 Tapes podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. The 700 Tapes podcast does not own the rights to any of the clips it will be using in this program, suckers. The 700 Tapes podcast will contain adult language and adult humor. If you're easily offended, stop listening now. Now can you dig it? Can you dig it? In 2019, Jasperino purchased 700 VHS tapes at a yard sale for $35. He promptly moved them to a safe house deep in the outlands of the Arizona desert. If you're into nostalgia and you like VHS, and if you can find him, maybe you can listen to the 700 Tapes Podcast. There's over a hundred more. That's 20,000 hardcore members, 40,000 counting affiliates, and 20,000 more not organized, but ready to fight. 60,000 soldiers. Now there ain't but 20,000 police in the whole town. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? out there in the big city, all you street people with an ear for the action, I've been asked to relay a request from the Gramercy Ritz. It's a special for the Warriors. That's that real live bunch from Coney, and I do mean the Warriors. Here's a hit with them in mind. What's up, freaks and weirdos? That wasn't the song you were expecting, huh? <laughs> you get it? Come out and play. Oh, shit. That's, that's badass. That's why I picked this one. Come right, out right, and play. Right. 
I am Jasperino. Welcome to the 700 Tapes Podcast. I am joined, as always, by my cohort, my brother from another mother, the co-host with the most, the one they call the man, the myth, the legacy, Mr. Roman Alvarado. What's up, brother? How you doing? To be honest, I'm fucking great. I tell you, it's good to see you. Yeah, damn right. We missed a week. Damn right. You having a little bit more trouble with your car? Man. You up and running now? Yes, I'm up and fucking running. Got your Mad Max on? Man. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm like three shades darker from, you know, fucking riding around on my motorcycle. Smile, I'll find you. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. But, yes, all in all, um, fucking great. And yourself? I'm awesome. This is the 700 Taste Podcast, a VHS review podcast where we watch a movie on a VCR. If you guys know what that is, that's why you're here. Mm -hmm. And we review it for you, all of you keeping it real, keeping it alive to the Gramercy riffs, (laughs) to the... Lizzie's. The Lizzie's, the... uh, (laughs) What were the baseball players? The The Furies. The Furies, yeah. The Punks. The orphans. The orphan. No, the orphans weren't there. They, Fuck they, the orphans. They, they weren't affiliated. They're a, they're a small time outfit. The uh, who are the dudes? The bulls. The the, the, the guys turn, in the bus. Turnbull, the the Turnbull something. Something Turnbull ACs. There we go. I called him in my notes. I said the Vin Diesel gang because they all look like Vin Diesel. <laughs> oh, today we are covering. The Warriors from 1979, a movie near and dear to both of our black hearts. Goddamn right. And by black, I mean dark. Right. <laughs> Small so I can see you. Uh, we are rolling, man. We are rolling today. I, I, I said something offensive within the first six minutes of the podcast. Ooh, and you didn't even put out the disclaimer. Ain't that a bitch? I did put out the disclaimer in the beginning. Can you oh, dig yeah. it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, was so, were, I was so caught up in the magic. You motherfuckers were warned <laughs> about this shit. You knew what you were getting into when you turned this thing on. By the way, since we're talking about it, you can get into this shit mm-hmm. now. And I'm very proud to announce this. You can get into the 700 Taste Podcast and get offended all you want on iHeartRadio. Mm-hmm. We are now available on iHeartRadio. As well as Spotify, as well as SoundCloud, CastBox, Stitcher, mm-hmm. and iTunes, because we're kind of a big deal. Goddamn right. I'm very happy. Um, coming soon to Podbean. Okay. So that's going to get us um, onto a lot of other uh, podcasting platforms, because that's what Podbean does. Mm-hmm. So I will eventually be able to get on here, and instead of naming every single thing you can find us on, I can say, available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Badass. Or available wherever fine podcasts are streamed. That's my radio <laughs> voice. I like I, it. I can tell you you sat up straight when you said it. I did. I, you got to <laughs> improve your posture a little bit. It's just a little bit on the outside. <laughs> Bob Euchre. But yeah, I've had a good week. Um, I had this episode's been ready for a couple weeks now, so um, 
I was telling you when you got here, it's not as fresh in my head as it usually is, so we're in for a good time. Hell yes. Because I don't even remember what I wrote down on my notes, so now i got to try and read my chicken scratch handwriting. Because I take these notes as I'm watching the movie, so I'm trying to write really, really fast, because I don't like pausing. Mm -hmm. But on this movie, it was kind of like uh, Pulp Fiction. I didn't have to pause very yeah. much, because I knew what was happening. I knew it was going to go on. But before we get into that, mm -hmm. a couple things. Um we are, I have gotten a couple of submissions from our secret word contest. I, I definitely wanted to ask that, but I wanted to ask on what, here. What I want to do is, I know everybody doesn't catch up as fast as some people, so we are, um, you're not going to, we're actually, okay, I'm keeping it real here. Keeping it, keep keeping it, it real. Mm -hmm. We are transparent here on 700 Taste Podcast. Mm -hmm. It's Labor Day weekend. Uh -huh. Labor Day, right? Uh, no. Memorial Day? No, it's Labor Day. Labor, Labor Day, Because yeah, yeah. Memorial Day is my birthday weekend. That's how I know That's Memorial right, Day. yeah. Because it's May. That's It'd be cool if Labor Day was your birthday weekend because your mom was in labor. <laughs> uh, okay, so. Shout out to my mom. We are doing a double shift here. Yeah. We're doing this tonight on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Roman's coming all the way back out here to the Outlands of Arizona on Monday tomorrow. Mm -hmm. We are going to do another goddamn episode. I don't think you should tell him what it is. I'm not going to tell okay, him good, shit. Good, good, but good. we're going to do something special good. on it. I'll tell you that. Good. It's going to be funny. Good. And um, so, yeah, we're going to record those two in a row so I can release that one next Monday so we don't break up our continuity because mm -hmm. I really don't want to lose momentum because nope. we're going into October. Right. That's and I got like, some shit coming in October. And that's why I was like, look, I think we should just double dip and boom, right? boom, boom. Double dipping. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, we don't want to lose our momentum because I got some cool shit coming in October. You don't want to miss out. If you're listening, keep listening because uh -huh. it's only going to get better. In fact... Keep listening after this episode, even when you think it's over, because there might be a stinger right. as to something that's going on next month. And I'm just gonna say this now: say. I think you're gonna, you know, I think you're gonna be like a kid at Christmas time. I'm already. Do you see the Halloween stuff already <laughs> popping up in the studio? I am oh, a kid shit. at Christmas time. I've hit Spirit Halloween a bunch of times already. Oh shit! I got glowy shit all over the place. Right? Oh, dude, I'm excited. I am so happy. This is the first year in a couple of years that I've really gotten into the Halloween thing. And that's mm -hmm. my holiday. But I had a rough couple of years. I had some mm -hmm. emotional stuff going on. It wasn't really me. But this year, I'm back with a vengeance. And we're going to do this shit right on this podcast. It's going to be awesome. Hell yes. Anyway, I totally lost my train of thought. Of, oh, the secret word contest. Mm -hmm. uh, so we know everybody's not as caught up as some people. So I'm actually going to hold off on announcing a winner okay. until you come back in two weeks. Gotcha. So if you haven't caught up on the episodes, you haven't put all your words together, you think it's too late, put them together and send them in because we're picking people at random. random. And I'm thinking now I might actually pick two winners. Nice. So get some shit together of yours to bring when you come back. That's the other reason I want to wait because I totally space telling you to bring something. Mm -hmm. Um, but I got all kinds of crazy shit. I added some stuff. I'm going to show you. Ooh. I added a couple things. Badass. To, and I can show Roman because you guys can't see it. Ha ha. <laughs> and then um, I actually, I showed you some stuff I still got to get made that I want to put in right. there before we started. So I got some stuff I'm still making that's going to go in those prize packs. So And then Roman's going to bring a little gear. Maybe some, some, stuff. some checks and balances yeah, or something. something. Yeah. Represent. Yes. You guys can represent Roman. Yes. Give him a little shout out. Mm -hmm. And if you want to shout us out, you can find us on Facebook. Facebook. 
under the 700 Tapes podcast. When you go to our page, there's a button that says join group. You can join our podcast group, which is also called the 700 Tapes podcast. Mm-hmm. You can find us on the IG tip on Instagram mm-hmm. under 700 Tapes. Check us out on Twitter. It's Jasperino underscore 700 Tapes. Drop into my DMs if you want. Ooh. And uh, now I'm proud to uh, announce our Etsy store is open. Yes. You can go on Etsy, look us up under, you guessed it, 700 Tapes. And you can buy stickers on there. Um, I will have shirts forthcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did our first shirt design, and I showed it to Roman, and he flipped out. Badass, badass, um, badass. It is directly connected to one of the movies we're going to be doing in October Yes. for our Halloween specials. Yes. So we're pretty excited about that. So check us out on our Etsy store. Go to Etsy.com, type in 700 tapes, and you will be able to support the podcast Keep us in uh, incense and action figures or whatever it is we're buying. Beyond that, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I watched some stuff uh, this week, and I'm trying to remember trying everything to I watched. I watch Damn it. I watched... Oh, I last night I watched Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Look. Have you seen that? I, the crazy thing is, that book scared the fuck out of me. So when I fe- you know when I found out that they were making the movie, I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to watch that. I'm not gonna lie, I'm, <laughs> I'm a hardcore horror guy. Uh-huh. You know me, right, right, right. That movie fucked me up in a couple of places. It. I believe it. And I'm not used to a movie fucking me up. Like I was like, dude, this is some crazy. Okay, so no, okay, there's gonna be some spoiler issues if you guys have not seen scary stories to tell in the dark. Uh, just, I don't know, turn your whatever down for a minute. Or get ready for a spoiler. <laughs> this is the only big turn spoiler I'm going to give you. When that girl, okay, so you haven't seen the movie? I haven't, I haven't. The kid's sister gets shoved into some spider webs and she goes, something bit me. And then she had a spider bite on her face. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, fuck. Because I knew, I knew it was going to happen. Because I've watched enough of these movies. Right. She had a spider bite on her face. And if you guys, yeah, you can guess what happened. Her face exploded and spiders came out of it. God damn it. That fucked me up. We were talking right before we started. Uh-huh. I have a thing about holes. It's called like tryptophobia or some shit. Holes and shit that come out of holes and shit like that. <laughs> Fuck me up bad. So this whole thing starts. She's got this big ass pimply lump Dr. Pimple Popper looking uh. thing on her face. And one little tiny hair comes sticking out of it like on the fly. Oh, and I was gosh. like, I'm literally holding my hand over the screen like in in the your... way of the screen, yeah, I'm going no, 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 please, 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 <laughs> and I can hear what's happening. I'm kind of peeking through my fingers, right. and I'm like, oh, 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 <laughs> it was bad. And then there's a whole under the bed scene, which is usually cliche and overdone in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a trope, right? You know, it's it's done to way too much, but um, this one actually fucked me up too. And I think it's so, if you guys have seen the movie, the whole thing about that part of the story was there was a stew and there was a toe in the stew. Uh-huh. And then there was a corpse going, where's my toe? Which sounds stupid for me to just say that. Like, oh, what the fuck? What? Jasper, what's wrong with you? You know? No. And I'll tell you why. When my dad, when I was a little kid, my dad used to tell me this scary story all the time mm-hmm. about the man with the golden arm. 
Do you know the story? I've never heard it. Let's hear it. It's basically the same thing. These people break into this guy's house that he had lost his arm, and he had an arm made out of gold, mm-hmm. and they killed him, and they stole his golden arm, gotcha. and they took it, and the guy was hiding, and then... Where's me gold? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> he's asleep, and there's a knock at the door, and he hears something walking across the floor, and then the last thing he hears is, who stole my golden arm? And then my dad would go, bah! and grab me, and I'd, <laughs> and it would scare the shit out of me. <laughs> Every freaking time, he, and I knew it was coming, you know? Uh-huh. But, yeah, it reminded me of the man with the golden arm, the, where's my toe? And I was like, so then the corpse doesn't have, you know, it's walking across his... So the thing that fucked me up about under the bed was, he's hiding under the bed in his room, mm-hmm. and the door opens, it creaks open, and the typical movie thing to do would be, he's laying there and he can see the feet moving around. This is what fucked me up. There's nothing. He's looking every direction, and there's nothing. And then he turns around, and he's sliding out from under the bed, and you're like, it's fucking on the bed, and you know it's fucking on the bed. Why are you sliding out, <laughs> looking on top of the bed? You know? But it wasn't on top of the fucking bed. Oh. I don't want to give too much away, but it wasn't on top of the fucking bed like you were expecting. It was fucking under the bed with him, and it fucked me up. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> and there was like a portal under the bed like the the wall where it was supposed to be wasn't there and that's where the thing was and it dragged him into this hole and then the wall's there again and the guy yeah it fucked me up drag me to hell no it was not because <laughs> drag me to hell was funny Yo. there was nothing funny about this I was like oh my god what the hell because and that's the other thing it's childhood stuff we're going to talk about oh, yeah. some childhood stuff in this movie yeah I used to imagine, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but maybe with Halloween coming, we're going to talk about some more spooky stuff. But my house had these, because it was a really old house. It was built like back in the 1940s that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. And it had these like um, linen closet type things, but they were up by the ceiling in my my parents' master bedroom. And there were these little tiny doors. And I think I've talked before. I've got a thing about tiny doors. They always freak me out. <laughs> right? Because what the fuck is the in those tiny... doors tiny, yeah. and tiny holes. Huh? Tiny bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> but I used to have dreams that I would open those little doors up there. Mm-hmm. And there was like this whole dark dimension inside there that I could get sucked into with all kinds of weird shit in it. These are thoughts I had at four years old. There was always Damn. something wrong with me, I think. You know... So that fucked me up a little bit, too, the whole thought of being under your bed and then there's a whole dimension under there that you're sucked into. And, yeah, it's a good movie. Um, that was only two, par- wasn't that two like, parts. Wasn't that like little monsters? Wasn't that they would go into the bed? Yeah, but that wasn't scary. No, no, Again, no, no I'm, was, I'm saying it's It was the, the closet. Didn't they go in the closet? I thought they went in the closet on little monsters. I don't, I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen that, but I thought it was in the closet. It might be under the bed. It so. would make sense because monsters under your bed. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of Monsters, Inc. That was Closets. <laughs> but if you Mike have not Rocky. seen... Yeah, right. <laughs> if you have not... I got my eye on you, Wazowski. <laughs> Wazowski. <laughs> if you have not seen Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, go fucking watch it. It's fucking amazing. And right now, I think it's on sale on Vudu for like four ninety nine, which is why I have it. We know. So, you yeah, I'm a sucker for that shit. It's I bought a, a couple other things. It says sale, and you're like, sold. I bought a Takashi Miki movie that I haven't watched yet. He's one of my favorite Japanese directors. When I told you I love Asian horror. Right. But Well, he's not really horror, but he did do the audition, which we are going to cover on this podcast because nice. it's amazing. Um, but uh, it's another Takashi Miki movie. I can't remember what it was called, but I saw that he directed it, and I bought it. 
That's how good he is. I'm going to watch it because it's him. <laughs> um, and then I bought something else, but I can't remember what it is, but I haven't watched it. A couple of spooky-looking movies. They were $4.99. They looked like they were worth a shot. So, um, Oh, I just thought of the movie we should do. What's that? Since we already know what the next movie is. We're planning ahead here. We're yes. including you guys. You ready? Should I Hang say on. it? Should you know I... what? I'm going to turn the mic down. One, two, three. Hell yeah. <laughs> we totally edited that. I didn't even edit it because we do everything live like a suicide here on the 700s podcast. I just turned our mics down. And now I know what we're doing after our next movie, which you also don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Sucker. And I'm going to, I think that might be in a box under the desk. I'm going to have to dig nice. it out if I have it. I'm pretty sure I have it. I'm nice. pretty God I have it. If not, I can order it we'll on it eBay out. and get yeah. it here in time that we can do it by the time you get back. Hell yes. So yeah. Hell yes. Hell yeah. And that's good. We're, we're transitioning Going, yeah, you, you slowly see it, you see it. There you go. into the Halloween season I'm because glad, it I'm starts and ends it. when we say it does. I'm glad you saw the transition. Yes. Look. Badass, dude. I'm I'm almost exploding trying not to tell you guys what we're doing for Halloween because I'm so fucking excited about it. But um, and I've had this stuff planned out since August, right? So when we finally get there, I'm gonna be like a kid on Christmas morning. Let me tell you, I've already got some of the shit pre-recorded already. Damn. Oh, I gotta show you. I have to show you. Remind me to show you before you leave. Gotcha. Um, I'm doing. I will tell you this. Here's a little bit of a, a sneak peek. The regular intros mm-hmm. that we do. In 2019, Jasperino bought 700 tapes at a yard sale of $35. I made some custom Halloween intros. We're not going to have any regular intros in the month of October, and I'm so fucking excited about it. And I played the couple that I have done already for Roe, and she Mm. was like, dude, that's really cool. So I'm excited. Anyway, I'll show you those before you go. Sweet. Anywho. Look, (laughs) I just just remember what I was going to say. So with the the whole thing uh, under the bed thing, right? Yeah, right. I was trying to figure out where you were going to say the, uh, the guy was, right? Right. My, my first thought, John Carpenter's vampires in the oh, corner. Oh yeah, that floating my, in the ce- on the ceiling in the corner. Thought they did that later in the movie with something else that was fucking crazy. But I'm not going to give any more of the movie away because it was so good. It was written and produced by Guillermo del Toro. Right. So That's of why course I, it's going to be awesome. I knew it was going to be. Right. I think it's my favorite really movie good. by him is Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth is amazing. Like, when we went back. to LACMA to the exhibit in L.A. a few years ago mm-hmm. um, to see fawn? all the Guillermo stuff, they had the fawn full oh, size. They had shit. the Angel of Death from Hellboy oh, 2 shit. full size. He is an avid collector of Universal Monster shit. Mm-hmm. So he has these big wax displays of like the Bride of Frankenstein wow. and Frankenstein's monster sitting there when they're holding hands and he, he's trying to talk to her. Mm-hmm. And they're in color. So you're watching these movies in black and white. You never realize the Bride of Frankenstein has red hair. Wow. It's not black. Wow. It's so cool to realize that. And then he's got a bunch of... Um, he's got a bunch of... Uh, original sketches because you know when they used to do the cartoons they would draw it on paper on just Mm -hmm. a bunch of different pages before it was all digital right he's got a bunch of the original sketches of like disney cartoons nice like the original ones they used to shoot the cartoons like the little stills like in frames hanging up and this is all stuff out of his house from his personal collection and is so impressive but i can't lie if i had that kind of money i would have that kind of shit too all day long the one thing this almost brought me to tears he had a life-size um, display of Ray Harryhausen, mm-hmm. 
and he had the little skeletons from the Sinbad movie like all around him, but like in scale. So they were like little miniature skeletons like all around him. Mm -hmm. If you guys don't know who Ray Harryhausen is, shame on you. Um, He is the godfather of modern special effects because all of the stop motion stuff you see in old movies like The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, Clash of the Titans, um, Earth vs. the Flying Saucers, The Beast of 20,000 Fathoms, all of that old school shit where it's a monster movie and it's just a big claymation monster. That effect was invented by Ray Harryhausen. He came up with how to do that. He made all the clay sculptures. He stop motioned them. He figured out how to put them. Like the one movie where the cowboys are fighting the T-Rex. He figured out (laughs) how to put all that in the scene with the people. So they were interacting with each other. You would not have any modern day CGI if it wasn't for Ray Harryhausen. So he's a huge, huge one of my idols. And... um, it's a lifetime. It's a life-size display of him just sitting on an armchair in his living room. He's got some books behind him. Maybe it's his library. And I, I took some pictures of it, and I was sitting there looking at it. And I, I'm not going to lie. I geeked out a little bit. I got a little misty-eyed. Like, this is fucking awesome. That's bad it's ass. like I'm looking at it. I'm actually hanging out here with Ray Arias. And if you guys watched Monsters, Inc., we were just talking about this a minute ago. Right. I got my eye on you, Wazowski. If you remember in the first Monsters, Inc. movie, they're hanging out at a club called Harryhausen's. Oh, that's an homage to Ray Harryhausen. Yes, it's fucking cool. And I geeked out when I saw that on Monsters, Inc. years and years ago. The first time I watched it, I'm like, it's called Harryhausen's. That's freaking amazing. Pixar. There would be no Pixar without Harryhausen. That's bad. Yeah, I got all carried away about it. And everybody was like, please calm down. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, check out that all being said. Tangents. Check out uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark because it's freaking amazing. It was one of the best movies I've seen this year. Badass. But I've been watching a lot of old 80s stuff. Mm -hmm. I recently watched, uh, because I've been trying to catch some 80s movies that I've always heard of but I never watched. I recently watched Demon Wind, which was good for the experience, but it's a horrible movie. Demon (laughs) Wind was one of those movies that had a cool cover. Mm-hmm. And I always saw it, but I never rented it for whatever reason. And I think I know why now. I think my 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 bullshit <laughs> meter was was going off. My bullshit senses like Spider Man, and I never rented it. But I did watch it. I would actually own it now. I think I would buy it gotcha. because it's so late eighties, early nineties. Like it, the way it's. Oh my god! <laughs> like it was the so effects. Bad. It's during that time period in the early nineties. When if you were a demon, it mm-hmm. meant you had really fucked up sharp teeth just sticking out in all directions of your gums for some reason. That only that was started by Night of the Demons, which is a movie I absolutely love. And I wish it didn't cost $60 to buy on VHS because I really want to cover it on this podcast and I don't own it. But um, that was started by Night of the Demons. And it worked with that movie because I love that movie. And I will never say a bad thing about it because it's fucking awesome. Shout out to Linnea Quigley. You're awesome with your lipstick. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, the other one I watched was, oh my God, what was the other one I watched? I watched Prom Night 2, Hello Mary Lou, but I've seen that one a dozen times. I love that movie. Um, I'm actually going to buy that one because I want to cover it. I don't own it, but I want to so I can cover it on here. Um, it's the best of the Prom Night series. Prom Night, the original Prom Night mm-hmm. starred Jamie Lee Curtis. It was all right. It was, it was kind of slow. It's a slow burn. Second prom night is amazing. The third one is absolute garbage. Don't even waste your time. And I'm trying to think of the other 80s movie I watched that I hadn't seen previously. Oh, um, 
Chopping Mall. Chopping. I had ne- well, okay. I'd seen Chopping Mall. This really doesn't count, I guess, because mm-hmm. I had seen Chopping Mall, but I hadn't seen Chopping Mall since I rented it on VHS like 25 years ago. Gotcha. So I rewatched Chopping Mall, and that was awesome. That was also it was all it was, actually it was part of um, the Joe Bob Briggs drive-in gotcha. um, show. So that was cool. Um, I'm currently watching Maniac, which is also on Joe Bob Briggs Drive-In. I just got through watching because I'm working my way through the seasons because I've only watched the specials. Like, I watched all the Halloween ones. I watched all the Christmas ones. Mm-hmm. I watched all of season one, so I'm working my way through season two. I'm uh, currently watching Maniac. I just got through watching Bloodsucking Freaks. And I actually own that movie on, on VHS. Mm-hmm. And that might be something we cover later on when people are a little more um, used to the podcast and a little more faithful to listening. Because <laughs> that is a weird, weird freaking movie. Um, and yeah, there was one other one that I hadn't seen that I watched and I kissed still for the life of me. Cannot remember what it was, but that's okay. We're not here to talk about those movies. We're here to talk about the warriors. Boy. Oh, I saw a funny thing on Instagram. It was the dude from the rogues from warriors come out to play, except he was wearing a mask. And he was going, Warriors, six feet away. I was like, man, that is timely. And I almost copied it and put it on our Instagram page, but I I didn't do it for whatever reason. That's funny. So, yeah, if you want to check us out on Instagram, you still can, even though that's not on there. Also, if you want to email us, drop us a line or send in your completed sentence for the secret word contest. Drop that at 700tapes at gmail.com. On your interwebs. Anyway, you got anything else before we jump into this? No. Cool. I don't. All right, so. This was a hell of a pick. And I'm not just saying it. It was. And it was Roman's pick. It was excellente. And then the next one we're doing next week is my pick. And then the one we do after that that you guys don't know because I turned the mics off is also Roman's pick. Yes. So. (laughs) Yeah, I fucked that all up, huh? No, not at all. No? We could go back. I would edit that, but we don't do that. No. On the 700 Taste Podcast, because we do everything live, like a suicide, and raw for you, the freaks and weirdos out there in the Outlands fighting astro zombies and insectoid mutants and broken down Mustangs. But right now, what we're going to do is a little thing we call The Tale of the Tape. In which I read the back of the VHS tape that we are about to review. This time, it's The Warriors. A battle of gigantic proportions is looming in the neon underground of New York City. The armies of the night number a hundred thousand. They outnumber the police five to one, and tonight thereafter, the Warriors, a street gang blamed unfairly for a rival gang leader's death. This contemporary action adventure story takes place at night, underground, in the subculture of gang warfare that rages from Coney Island to Manhattan to the Bronx. Members of the Warriors fight for their lives, seek to survive in the urban jungle and learn the meaning of loyalty. This intense and stylized film is a dazzling achievement for cinematographer Andrew Laszlo. And that, 
is the back of the VHS tape. And what's interesting about this is what I hold in my hand here, I'm going to show this to you. you. You'll be able to tell. I should have put, I, I've been putting pictures of this on Instagram beforehand. I've been slipping this week. I don't know what's going on. And I had ample time to do it. It's because it's, it's of But look, this VHS, <laughs> you uh -huh. can tell this is an original. Yeah, 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 definitely. This is no frills, no whatever. This is probably released in 1980, probably 1981, because this movie came out in 79. It's a little bit ripped on the side. This is an original VHS. I think the only one that I've ever seen, I think it's a black one. With like, I think, and the Warriors is spelled out in like red. Well, and the thing is, this is the one with the painted picture that mm -hmm. was the movie poster of all the gangs. Mm -hmm. And the ones that were released after this was the one with the, like the eight of them walking down the street silhouette. Yes. It says the Warriors underneath that's, it. That's the one. That came later. Gotcha. The problem with this is, mm -hmm. I'm going to open this. You're going to, my heart, because... This actually, this is the 700 Taste podcast. This was one of the 700 tapes that I bought at that yard sale for $35. Gotcha. Some of the movies we cover, like I, I, I went back and listened to the first episode mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago, just for shits and giggles. <laughs> and I think we've kind of come into our own a little bit. It was, a, you know, we, it was all right, but you could tell we were kind of feeling it out, mm -hmm. kind of seeing how things were going to go. But, um, I did full disclosure, I think, on that first episode that 700 tapes, it's called that because what triggered the idea to do this was when I bought those 700 tapes at that yard sale. Right. I had already owned about 500 videotapes of my own, mostly uh, 80s era horror and action movies. So I kind of mixed all the tapes together. I went through the 700 I bought because there were like a lot of World War II documentaries and stuff in there that really we couldn't do a podcast on right but there was a lot of good stuff i got some death wish movies out of that nice and a lot of 80s action um so this warriors tape was actually one of those 700 tapes that i bought at that yard sale i was very excited to find it so when i slipped the tape out i was heartbroken and i'm going to show you why Oh. It's a recorded tape. It's the actual movie, and it's a, it's a copy of the actual video because it's got the FBI warning and everything before it. Mm -hmm. I was really scared when I saw this. It, so you guys know, it's a Polaroid VHS, and the label is handwritten, The Warriors, on it. So I don't know. I've got a couple theories because this is the actual copy of the original VHS. I can tell because it's got the FBI warnings. There's no previews and it's gritty as hell. You think they took, they just took the, the film out That's of it. One of my theories gotcha. is they either their original copy broke or something happened to it or got eaten and they had a friend that had it and they copied it. Gotcha. Or the tape got dropped and broken or something and they just took it apart and put it inside another actual right. VHS case. I don't know which. I was heartbroken at first, and then I thought about it. I'm like, this is actually kind of hella cool. As long as it, look, they, they had the wherewithal to be like, fuck that. Yeah. It's my favorite movie or right. something. Right, exactly. I gotta save it. And they it. put it back in the case. So they had the tape at one time. Right. So something happened to it, and they cared about this movie enough right. that they were going to keep it. 
I come hell or high water. I thought you were going to, you know, pull it out and it was going to be in like shambles or something. So no. Well, because I wouldn't have been able to watch it. I'm glad. I'm just but glad. I am kind of leaning towards they took the tape apart, took the actual tape out and put yep. it in this because it got dropped and broken or something. Right. Sometimes those little doors, because on the VHS tape, there's a little button mm. and that door flips up so you can actually see the tape mm. because that's what comes up in the player. This pops yeah, up projecting. so this can run across the heads. Mm -hmm. That's how the tape plays. Sometimes this door will break off. I've had tapes do that, yep. and it's bad for the tape to be exposed like that. So if that happens, they would have taken this off because there's screws right here. Yep. It comes apart, and maybe they just took the tape out and set it in a new case. Who knows? I would like to think that that's what happened. But copied tapes have a special place in my heart, and I'll tell you why. Because I used to work at Chase Bank. Gotcha. and Or are we talking... Bob, Bank One, Ballpark? No, Chase. no, no. No, no, no. Okay. Downtown Tempe, where the Chase building was. Gotcha. That's where I worked. And this was in 19... I worked there from 1998 to 2004. So it's still, it wasn't Bank One? No. It was, so it was Chase? Chase Ballpark? Oh, no. You're talking about Bank One Ballpark? Well, I'm saying... No, Bank no, no. I worked downtown Tempe in the Chase building on Mill Avenue. No, no, no. But I'm saying Chase bought Bank One. That's what I'm saying, because it used to be called the Bob. Oh, that's Chase right. Field. That's Chase what, Field. That's what I'm saying. It, was it Bank One, or it, it was Chase? It was Chase. Okay. Was I worked sure. for Chase. But um, it was probably 1998 that I started there. Mm -hmm. It was the greatest shift ever. I worked three 14-hour shifts and had four days off. Of course, I utilized those four days. All I did was watch movies. I went home. So what I started doing was, and this was the heyday. I mean, the VHS was still a big thing right then. Right. There was a Hollywood video down the street from my house. Within a three-mile radius of my house, I had a Hollywood video, a Paradise video, a Blockbuster, and literally a mile from my house, if I, I could cut through the neighborhood to get there, was a little mom-and-pop store called DVD Warehouse that... It was called that, but they had a bunch of VHS tapes, too. Mm -hmm. And I used to go there all the time. And, um, in fact, I have a Universal Monsters box set that has all the cool Universal Monster movies in it that I bought from DVD Warehouse uh, because it was missing The Bride of Frankenstein. Damn. And I got it at a deep discount. Mm. Because the, I was in there all the time. The owner knew me, so we were kind of had a rapport. I got it at a very deep discount. It took me like five or six years to find the correct copy of Bride of Frankenstein that went with that box set to complete it, but now I have the complete thing. Nice. And yeah, it's it's a sought-after thing now, too, I think. The only thing I regret that I never bought from there is they had the box set of Sleepaway Camp movies that came in a... It looked like a first aid kit, but it had the Red Cross cross on it. Mm -hmm. And he offered me that at a good price. But I don't know if I didn't have the money or what, but I didn't buy it. Damn. But it was really cool. It's so expensive now because the Red Cross sent a cease and desist to that production company for using their cross on the cover. So they had to re-release the box set without the cross on it. Damn. So now that specific box set with the cross mm -hmm. is very sought after and it's extremely expensive on eBay. And I had it in my hands and I let it go. It's one of my great regrets as a, a cinephile, if you will. Uh, you know, don't laugh. I said cinephile. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> 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 you said. <laughs> 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 
I think I have Beavis and Butthead do America on VHS. I'm just throwing that out there. Damn. <laughs> you said. Anyway, um, but bring it all back around town. Copied tapes have a special place in my heart because I had two VCRs at that time, hooked them up, and I would go to one of those different video stores and rent a bunch of horror movies. Mm. I'd bring them home and I'd copy every single one of them. Oh, so you were so at one time I was a pirate. Yar. Yeah. That whole thing where they're like, piracy isn't a victimless crime. I'm like, motherfucker, (laughs) motherfucker. I don't know that. I was pushing play with my peg leg. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. I didn't have a pi- I didn't have a parrot on my shoulder as a chicken, so I could be like, "Yar, look at the size of me cock, yar." <laughs> anyway, so there was a time when I easily had—I'm not even exaggerating—two hundred horror movies copied on tape, and I would go all out, and I I took my time and wrote all nice on them so they looked all nice, mm-hmm. and uh, but dude, I had the whole subspecies series. I had um, uh, To Die For and To Die For 2, which I actually have on VHS, actual VHSs now. And um, I had uh, all kinds of stuff. The the Blob, you name it. If it was from the 80s or 70s, I probably had it. I had Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. Had all that just copied on these tapes. And I would go to Walmart and they would sell like six packs of blank right. VHS and I would just buy a couple of those and I spend my days off just copying movies. And I had a huge collection. And uh, I'm, they moved with me a couple of times and I had a dude, I think about the VHSs I had at one time that I don't have anymore and it makes me sad because uh, I was actually listening to a uh, shout out here to the uh, Podcasting After Dark podcast. That's one of my favorite podcasts I listen to. They mm-hmm. were actually talking about this on one of their episodes the other day. Um, when DVD came out, mm-hmm. we didn't think VHS was going to be a nostalgic type thing. When I was in my 20s and I was cutting edge stuff, like I remember I always had a nice setup, a theater setup right. in my house. I wanted the best quality, the best video, everything. So when DVD came out, yeah. I got rid of all my VHS tapes and we moved out of a house that we were living in in Chandler and I left a whole box of those recorded because I couldn't Damn. sell the recorded tapes. Right. I had taken all my stuff that I could and traded it in so I get DVDs mm-hmm. and I started replacing all my VHS movies with DVDs slowly like I'm doing now with Blu-ray. Right. So who knows in, in 15, 20 years you and I could be doing the 700 DVD podcast. <laughs> and I could be like, oh man, I used to have that DVD set. I wish I still had it. Look, we, have to pull up the, <laughs> we have to pull up the Warriors one where you were talking about it. Right. Remember? Remember 20 years ago when we were talking about VHS and you said we were going to have to go back to that. <laughs> Look, if you guys notice, he didn't cough because right. you guys would have. <laughs> Ran and grabbed your mask. Oh my god! Anyway, <laughs> Corona. Uh, now that Corona's burned out three quarters of the humanity, we can talk about DVD. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway, I started getting rid of my VHSs and replacing them with DVDs, and I had no idea that I would be rebuying some of those VHSs at a higher price than I paid for them later on down the road somewhere. You know what I mean? Um, Such is life. But I really, I really mourn that box of recorded VHSs that I left 
in that house. They're like, somebody might watch these. I'm just going to leave the box here. Somebody might appreciate it when they move in. Oh, my God. Dude, like, the, damn it. The stuff that I had, I had stuff that I can't find now. Damn. I had Night of the Demons. Damn. It's $60 now if I want to buy it on eBay. I had Night of the Demons too. I had a movie called Highway to Hell that I really want to cover on this podcast, mm. but I can't because the VHS is $80. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe someday I'll have that kind of cash that I can spend $80 on a VHS tape, but it ain't happening right now. Right. And I look at that, and I'm like, dude, I had that in my fucking hand at one point. You know? But um, that's the way it goes. You You yeah. don't realize... I never thought I'd be look. I'd be one of the things that I scour a Goodwill for would be laser discs. But I love laser discs. I don't even have a laser disc player, but I Damn. love laser discs. You know, just yeah. Some of this stuff it goes out, it comes back in vinyl. Rec- right? Vinyl records is a big thing now, and uh, it, came, it went out and it came right back. And we've just been around long enough that we've come see full the, circle. Say, you see the circle. So here's the thing. Um, so the Warriors, it was a recorded VHS, mm-hmm. which, like I said, I was heartbroken at first, but then I thought about it, I'm like, that's actually a little more, it makes it a little more quaint. It's kind of cool. Like, right. That, and especially that it might actually be the original tape, just in a different case. Right. You know, I think that's cool. But the Warriors, this movie is very special to me, and here's why. The Warriors is one of the few really, really good memories I have of my brother. My brother passed uh, a few years ago. Sorry. And uh, we had a tumultuous relationship, to say the least. It it was never like... um, I've often said I really wish it could have been better because I would have liked to have just hung out with him and kind of shot the shit and had a couple beers, but it never happened that way. Um, But... There are a few good memories, but they it seems like they all revolve around cinema. Nice. My brother, um, we went and saw, when I was in fifth grade, he took me, or maybe I was in seventh grade, I don't remember. Um, he took me to see Predator. Nice. It was the first time I'd ever seen a rated R movie in the theater. Your... <laughs> you know, we talked about that when we, we did Predator. Right, 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 right. Um, he took me to see Godzilla 1985. Nice. You know, in the theater. That was freaking awesome. And, of course, 1985. I think then I was in fifth grade. Um, we, yeah, we went and saw several movies together. But my brother is the one that really gave me a love for film and a love for cin- all things cinema. And the reason I'm into movies today, I think, he had a big, big influence on. Nice. Because he was my older brother. He was right? about 13 or 14 years older than me. And uh, he was really into movies. And he kind of passed that on to me by doing things like he did. We would go, um, I would go over to his house. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if any of you guys remember this. There used to be a show in USA called USA Up All Night. And on Friday nights, it would come on Friday night and Saturday night. On Friday nights, Gilbert Gottfried would host it. And on Saturday nights, Rhonda Shear would host it. Um, but what it was, they would just show B movies. They'd show horror movies. They would show just any kind of, kind of out of the ordinary movie that they could, you know, it's the first time I saw eating Raul. It was the first time I saw toxic Avenger, um, stuff like that. Those were the kind of movies they showed. And I would go spend the night at his house and sometimes we would rent movies and then we'd watch up all night. And it was really cool because he'd be like, oh, you got to see this. This movie's really good. He was really into Eating Raul. He loved that movie. And um, he's like, oh, you got to watch this one. It's hilarious, you know. And uh, But he knew a lot about some of these older 80 horror movies and stuff, which I don't know what happened to him later on. He got really religious and, and it kind of, 
he wasn't as into that stuff anymore, but he had already passed it on to me. Right. Well, um, also uh, Monster Vision on TNT with Joe Bob Briggs. Um, really, really cool. I, I so got a horror education from that stuff. Tight. You know, so, um, and this was, I was younger, you know, and uh, just the the fact that we could we we kind of had that that we could talk about movies mm -hmm. this movie is really good just check this out well so i'm 13 years old i think i was 12 or 13 i'm sitting in my house one day i think it was a saturday mm -hmm. and the phone rings that's my brother he goes what are you doing i said i'm just hanging out in my room put it on channel 45 right now i'm like oh, what's going on he says, just do it just do it so i go ahead and turn the tv on and put it on channel 45 just in time to catch the opening credits of the Warriors. Oh, and I'm like, what's this? He goes, it's the Warriors. I'm like, what's that? He goes, just watch it. It's incredible. He goes, after you're done watching it, call me. I'm like, all right. And he hangs up. So it's on TV, so it's edited, you know. Right, right, right. Um, there wasn't that much to edit. It was mostly the language and stuff like that. But um, I had just caught, I had missed the very, very beginning of the opening with the... Uh, the, the, the Coney Island with the, the, the big wheel, wheel, the Wonder Wheel. Mm. But I was catching the subway credits. Oh, okay. You know, so it had just started. So I'm like, okay, so I watched it. And of course it blew my mind. And I'm like, that might be the best movie I've ever seen. You know, so right. I called him back. He's like, did you watch it? I'm like, yeah, it was awesome. He's like, right. He's like, I saw that movie when it came out in the theaters. Damn. And I was like, no way. You know, because he was that much older than me. Right. Um. He spent a lot of time, uh, a lot, when I was really young, he was away at college. Okay. So I didn't see him a lot. He would come back to visit or whatever. Um, but yeah, he was telling me he saw it when it came out in the theaters. He loved it. And he was watching, now he's, you know, he shared it with me. That's bad. And that gave me a love for that movie. And every time I watch it now, I think of my brother and the good times that I had with him. We had a lot of bad times together, but the really good times mm -hmm. revolved around cinema, around movies. There would not be a... And I want to thank him right now because right. there wouldn't be a 700 Tapes podcast if it wasn't for him. I'm going to give him that shout-out right now. Definitely. So, and, you know, that just came to me right now while I was sitting here that we wouldn't be sitting here had it yeah. not been for him. He did a lot of shitty things to me, and he said a lot of shitty things to me, but that was the one good thing he gave me, and I'm thankful for that. Hell yeah. So... Talk about, I know. Talk about full fucking circle. Right. And I know you got good shit about this movie Hell too, yes. right? Hell yes. So, so uh, the, the crazy thing is I I, 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 I got a similar experience. Um, so my, the, my oldest cousin, Pete, um, he, he lived with us for a little while and um, he was like, hey, you got to watch this movie. And I'm like, what? I'm probably, you know, 15, 16. Right. It's like, hey, you got to watch this movie. I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll you know I'll I'll, I'll watch this movie, and <laughs> by the end of the movie, I was like, holy shit! People could totally hear me pouring you a drink. That's awesome. right. <laughs> I was like, holy shit! Wow, like, that's like from front to back, <clears throat> I was glued. I was stuck, you know, in that. Right? I, I mean, frame by frame. You wanted to be a warrior, right? Gosh, you wanted man. the vest, and you wanted to run around Coney Island and like be I'm in like, a holy late shit, 70s I gotta go do New York gangs. Right? Because <laughs> the way this stomach like, is These dudes up. are badass. <laughs> and then I'm like, hey, that's Raiden. He's he's the guy from, you know. Oh, from, my God, you're right. He's fucking right. from Annihilation. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, hey, that's him. 
So uh, that's him, the Warriors. The Warrior. <laughs> Yo, like to be honest, this is. I was telling you a couple weeks back. Uh, I think probably on the microphones and off the microphones mm-hmm. that this is a top ten movie for me. If right, not absolutely top five. Like it's it is. Awesome. It is one of those movies that I feel like is. Damn near perfect. I think the really cool thing here is our stories are so similar. Yep. This movie was passed down to us by somebody older than us that mm-hmm. had experienced the movie probably mm-hmm. around the time it came out. And that is the cool... I'm going to get really mushy right now. Nah. That's the cool fucking thing about cinema and about yeah. film is that it's just like any other kind of art. Mm-hmm. My take on art is art should affect you. Yep. People that see a painting and they're like, I'm offended by that. Good. That's what it was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Somebody else is going to look at it and be inspired. Mm -hmm. Somebody else is going to look at it and laugh because everybody sees it differently. Because that's what any kind of art form is supposed to do. It's supposed to affect you in some kind of way. If art doesn't affect you, it's not art. You know what I mean? It's supposed to elicit a response. It's supposed to elicit some kind of feeling from you. And it's so cool. That is the cool thing about film. It is an art form that is capable of being passed down to another generation. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at people now with like the Evil Dead. Right. You and I are what ten years apart, probably. I was like, that movie's a nine, and you were like, that movie's a four. I couldn't wait for it to be over, and I was like, really? <laughs> but it's because I experienced it before all of the. Bef- Yes. All of technology and stuff like that. Exactly. It was because it was close. And it's just the same way as looking at the painting. I saw something different than you saw. Mm -hmm. And that's totally cool. There's other movies that you might be, oh, that's fucking awesome. I was like, it was a little bit boring, you know? (laughs) We haven't hit that yet, but we may. You never know. I said in the first episode also, I was like, it's going to be really cool when we hit a movie that neither one of us has seen yet. Right. That's going to be awesome. And we haven't been there yet, but we will. I guarantee it. But that is the cool thing about film is it is something that is recorded and it's set down and it's it's forever. It's like, a, it's, not only just like that. you said when we had VHS, then mm-hmm. I upgraded to DVD, then I upgraded to Blu-ray. Those movies keep going. Mm-hmm. It's so, one of those. It's a visual thing, you know, because you have to right. think about history. You know, it's always been orally told. Yep. You know, so when you're actually able to depict. Right, and not only depict you know what you're you're talking about, but actually physically show yep. that that's what this is. It it gives you the visual as much as the depiction of it. And I really like the directors that mm-hmm. have a vision that is totally so out of the norm. The Stanley Kubricks, the Quentin Tarantinos, Takashi Miki. I was saying earlier, I saw Takashi Miki directed it. I didn't know anything about the movie. I fucking bought it. Because he's that good. You get a piece of that person in every movie that they do, which is what makes it so awesome. And you can tell by the directing style a lot of the times. A a Quentin Tarantino movie, you know it's a fucking Tarantino movie by the way that the camera shots are done or whatever. Um, Dario Argento, my favorite Italian horror director, his his directing style, there's always a close-up of a hand. Or something, you know what I mean? That there's a gloved hand stabbing somebody, or just picking up a phone, or the shots that he does uh, from outside, like wide shots. You know what I mean? Um, Lucio Fulci will always have a close up of something going in or coming out of somebody. 
You know what I mean? There's a movie where the guy drills through the person's head and there's a close-up of it coming at his cheek on the other side. Dang. Or in, in Zombie, where the zombie's pulling the girl's eyeball towards the splinter sticking out of the door and it's just a close-up of the splinter going into her eye. You know? There's directing styles that the director leaves their mark all over those movies. Stanley Kubrick, you know it's going to be a mental mind fuck through the entire movie. You know? So... um there's really something there. Just like every other artist, they're giving you a piece of themselves. You know what the crazy thing with uh, Stanley Kubrick? I What's think, that? Uh, I've heard more people say that, because he did Birds, right? No, that was Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, okay. So so I always get those two mixed up, right? right. So the crazy thing with um, Alfred Hitchcock, I hear Birds, the movie or whatever. Right. Is like fucking horrifying. For it me. is. It absolutely is. And then at the end of the, I don't want to give anything away if you guys haven't seen it. But at the end of the movie, they're like tiptoeing away, and all the birds are just surrounding them, just watching them. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it's it's it is. It really is a create. Besides that, uh, Suzanne Flechette's in that movie, mm-hmm. and I had the biggest crush on her growing up. That was Emily on Bob New on the Bob Newhart show. It was his wife, and uh, she looks good in that movie too. Let me tell you, but um. There, yeah, and I remember the birds specifically because mm. I had never, I never expected the amount of kind of gore that's in that movie mm-hmm. to be in a movie that old. And it's, it wasn't even really intense gore, but they go in a guy's house and he's propped up in a chair and his eyes are totally pecked out and he's dead. And I was like, whoa. And they actually, and, and when I was a kid, when I watched it, I was like, and they showed it on TV. Like I was totally like <laughs> blown away that they had shown that on TV. Um, Alfred Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. If you can find this, I think I watched it on Netflix years ago and I don't remember what it's called. And I wish I could. Alf- there's a, a short documentary about Alfred Hitchcock said he sat down and had a talk with himself from another like future damn yeah it's crazy damn and um it, it's mind-blowing and i wish i could remember what it's called and i bet if i googled it i could find it because i want to own it i want to buy like it some alfred hitchcock shit it is some alfred hitchcock shit but he sat down and had a conversation with himself that's badass yeah it's absolutely um yeah it's craziness that's, that's fucking badass but um alfred hitchcock was um groundbreaking in a lot of ways mm-hmm. he did a lot of stuff that hadn't been done before um just the that is copied in a lot of movies today i think uh, i think one of the biggest things is uh his scores like his, his music. scores were amazing that, i think that's what, something what about draws the, yes oh. that you know there was always something intense going on there um psycho right holy crap you know um, hello Norman you know I've got a I've got a Norman on my Bates, yeah. Norman Bates on my on my desk here dressed as his mother um, but yeah groundbreaking shit like that shower scene nobody had ever seen anything like that before Mm-mm. and the fact that she was in the shower she was nude and you know who that is right no direct horror royalty uh, it's Jamie Lee Curtis's mom really yes yeah. So then, yeah, wow. leading right into Halloween. Right. John Carpenter. Dude, yeah, speaking of directors that changed everything. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, that's the cool thing. And we could sit here and talk for hours and not even get to the movie, just talking about directors <laughs> and groundbreaking movies. How about so their styles and how and they yeah, affected everything. And that is what film is supposed to be. And you can pass that down mm-hmm. to the next generation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's cool when I do cons and shows and I see people there with their kids mm-hmm. and the kids wearing a fucking Friday the 13th shirt and they weren't even born when Friday the 13th came out. You know what I mean? But it just keeps, it's a thing that you can pass down that keeps going. And it, it's it's kind of, all of my special move, memories, it seems like, revolve around movies of some kind. You know, I remember sitting and watching Westerns with my dad, who's no longer with me. Mm-hmm. But that was a Saturday night thing for us. I remember my mom would pop a big thing of popcorn, like old school in a big pan, Damn. shaking it on the stove. Damn. You know? Jiffy She'd make, pop. Yeah, not was. Jiffy pop. It uh, was like out of the oh, jar. Oh, you pour it in the oil in and the you oil. shake it while it oh. pops. And she had a big old pan she'd make it in. And my mom would make popcorn and we'd have soda because we didn't get soda all the time. Mm-hmm. My dad would actually go and buy a two liter of Coke or something. We didn't always have that. Damn. So it was a special thing. So, and it was always when there was a John Wayne movie on, you know, (laughs) and I walked downstairs the other night and Rose mom was watching big Jake. And that's my favorite John Wayne movie. I love John Wayne. I love, uh, Glenn Ford. I love, um, even Charles Bronson did some great Westerns. (laughs) I love those old Westerns. I love the magnificent seven. Mm -hmm. I love, um, the outlaw Josie Wales. I love that shit. But big Jake is my all time favorite John Wayne movie. And I walked down there, and she was watching Big Jake, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is Big Jake. I love this. And I'm like, Jacob McCandles, I thought you were dead. Because that's the running joke through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Every time he runs into somebody, I thought you were dead. And he goes, not hardly. you know. But the best scene in that movie, I'm totally off topic here, I know. <laughs> the best scene in Big Jake is he's been estranged from his kids because mm-hmm. he's out doing Big Jake stuff, you know, cowboy stuff. Right. And his one son is really bitter, and he keeps calling him daddy, but it's real sarcastic. Like, okay, daddy. And finally, John Wayne gets sick of it, and he's sitting on his horse, and the guy's standing next to him, and he calls him daddy, and he kicks him into a thing of mud. And he goes, you can call me dad, you can call me father, you can call me Jacob, you can call me Mr. McCandles, you can call me a dirty son of a bitch, but if you ever call me daddy again, we're going to finish this fight. And I remember watching that as a kid going, he said, son of a bitch, (laughs) on TV. S.O.B. Wow. And my dad, I remember my dad would always laugh at that part. You know, I have those little memories. Mm -hmm. It's just really cool. So if you have a movie you love, pass it on to somebody else. Damn right. Whether it's somebody you, you know, your nephew, your niece, your son, your daughter, little brother, somebody. If it's something that you're passionate about, pass it down. Because mm-hmm. I guarantee you, when we're not here anymore, it's gonna be a people are going to remember that shit about you. Because mm-hmm. when I think about my dad, I think of John Wayne. When I think of my brother, I think about the Warriors. Badass. And here we are. And here we fucking are. So, that being said, since I went on that rant for god knows how long (laughs) let's go ahead and check out the trailer to this movie we have just seen rushes direct from hollywood of pictures being released in the coming weeks and we are proud to announce that this theater will soon bring you the greatest array of pictures ever to reach our screen you will see the finest stars in exciting performances you will thrill to the suspense comedy romance and drama of world-famous stories. 
Here's a glimpse of a few of them coming to this theater soon. of the night. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? The Furies. The Boppers. The Hi-Hats. The Lizzies. The Turnbull ACs. The Gramercy Riffs. Riffs! These are the Warriors. We know about the Warriors. They're a heavy outfit. They're from Coney Island. Warriors? You guys are the big dudes, huh? Now, they're in the Bronx. We're going back. 27 miles behind enemy lines. It's the only choice we got. Between them and safety stand 20,000 cops <laughs> and 100,000 sworn enemies. I want them all. I want all the Warriors. They've got one way out. They've got one chance. They've got one night. The Warriors. Dude, if you've never seen this movie, would that trailer just not make you be like, dude, right. I gotta see this, dude. Roman and I sat here freaking <laughs> geeking out, listening to the trailer, and we've seen this movie a million times, and we were like, yeah, and he was like, can you dig it? Man, like, dude. like for sure. Oh, like, my God. Whatever music that shit is. Dude, it's like horror movie music. Yeah. I wrote that on my notes. No, 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 no. Like, whatever music expecting, that like, is. Michael Myers, like, the score of this movie oh, man. is unbelievable. Man. And then you got the Joe Walsh at the end, in the city. <laughs> And then halfway through the movie, they hit you with nowhere to run to, baby. <laughs> Dude, it's all over the place, and yes. it's awesome. The Yeah, every time there's a fight scene, the music is just... We were talking earlier about the score being put with the, with the film. Without Alfred Hitchcock, right. this shit wouldn't have happened, right. because that was the standard set. Dude, I can't say enough good things about this movie. So let's jump right in. Since this was a um, a um, copied tape of an actual tape, <laughs> there's no uh, there's no previews on this. Right. So, the Warriors was released on February 11th or February 9th, 1979. It had a budget of four million dollars, and it grossed 22 million dollars. Uh, in the U.S. and worldwide, so I guess it only had a U.S. release, but uh, it grossed twenty-two million dollars. Its opening weekend, it damn near made back its money, though. It, it grossed three point five million. Damn, that's not bad. So, but we were talking before the before we went on, though, twenty-two million dollars in nineteen seventy-nine. 
That's incredible. Like right. with inflation and everything. You got You have to think. You know. So not only did it make it, but it's it's budget back, but it made five times that amount. Right. You know? So yeah, I would call this a hit for sure. I don't know exactly how big a hit it was at the time. Um, there's one thing that bugs me about everything um, promotional about this movie, though. What is that? They keep saying a hundred thousand right, strong, right, right. and it's only sixty thousand. Cyrus lays out only sixty thousand, including affiliates. Right. <laughs> and uh, even like the poster originally said a hundred thousand members of the Army of the Night or whatever, mm-hmm. just like he says in the preview. Um. So, uh, yeah, that was one thing. The original poster featured the words, these are the armies of the night. They are 100,000 strong. They outnumber the cops five to one. They could run New York City. This actually upset and outraged many people, and some tried to have the film banned. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't 100,000, it's 60,000. Right. But it's still good because there's only 20,000 cops in the whole city. Right. That's three to one. Can you count, suckers? <laughs> Clearly. Dude, check this out. Yeah. This is going to blow you away. President Ronald Reagan was a huge fan of this film, even calling the film's lead actor, Michael Beck, to tell him he had screened it at Camp David and enjoyed it. Damn. Dude, if you guys know anything about 80, the 80s or politics in the 80s or the Republicans or anything... Ronald Reagan was a conservative dude. You're talking about old school westerns. He right. did some old school westerns. He, he definitely. But uh, before becoming the governor of California, <laughs> the gummy bear of Candycopia. <laughs> Go back and listen to Predator if you don't get that one. Um, but yeah, Ronald Reagan was a huge fan. Ronald Reagan was a conservative. Yeah, you would think that these guys wanted to overthrow the cops. That totally wouldn't be his ga- his his bag. But yeah, he liked it. Um. So, um, the film trucks were protected by a real gang called the Mongrels for $500 a day. Damn. Because they were really filming in New York City, like, in the late 70s. It was a dangerous place. Damn. We're going to talk later. I want really want to talk. This movie is so gritty. Yes, very, It's one of the things very. that's so awesome about it. It's dirty. Like, very. Not, not like sexual dirty, but like it's physically like you feel dirty watching it like you can feel the grime of new york city on you mm-hmm. just the trash and the smells and the smoke and the smog and i used to so um one of the things i used to do in the past is i used to travel around and repair i used to do printer repairs mm-hmm. for screen printing stuff and um i went to vegas so many times one year i was sick of it i went to vegas like six or seven times in one year on business and I got to the point where I was like, I don't like Vegas. It's a dirty city. And I really, I literally mean it's dirty. Like, there's constantly dust in the air. When you walk around the strip, you get back to your hotel and there's just a layer of fucking dust on you and you feel filthy. That's how I imagine these guys being running through the streets in New York City. Just dirty, sweaty. sweaty. Oh my God, there's so much sweating in this movie. So, Yeah. Um, New York in that time, it just wasn't, it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a, a nice place. No. And, um, so Robert De Niro was asked to be cowboy and he passed up on the role. Honestly, in 1979, I think De Niro would have already been too big for this movie. Well, what do you he, think? Did he, did he do taxi by then? Um, I think he had already done taxi driver and, and there was another Bull? one. Was it Bull? Raging Bull. There we go. I think Raging Bull was 1980. Okay. So it came out right after this. 
Um, but I think he'd already, he might've already done taxi driver. I'm not totally sure, mm-hmm. but I think he was already, he might've already been a big enough name that I don't know, especially to be a support to be cowboy. Cause yeah. cowboy was, he was a character, but he wasn't, it wasn't like he was swan, right? you know? Um, the warrior sign printed on the bathhouse for one of the photos was painted over a real gang's tag. The gang didn't take too well to this, so the producers paid them to be in the film. I don't know which gang it was, though. Damn. But you know, in the end, it says the warriors. It's on the back of the VHS right here Wow. on Coney Island. It's got the warriors printed across the little thing there. But um, it was Fox. Okay, so the guy that plays Fox, this is crazy. Fox is the guy in the movie with the curly hair and the hairy chest. I had written him in my notes he as hairy the, chest guy because I couldn't Jufro. remember his name. He had the Jufro. The, the Jufro. <laughs> uh, for sure. The Hufro? The Jufro. Jufro. Juno. 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 <laughs> Alaska? <Voodoo? laughs> so anyway, um, that guy is not on IMDb. No. His name is not, and his character is not on IMDb. No. And he's an important character in the movie, as we're going to see, because he's the guy that sees um, Snake Guy shoot. The rogue. Uh, yeah. Well, I called I called him Snake Man through this whole movie, because he's the guy, not only is he the guy that played the dude from The Crow. Mm-hmm. This is the really real man. This is the really real. You kids ain't no coming back. There ain't no coming back. You know who you're talking about. Warriors, come out to play. Mm-hmm. That guy. He also played the Cobra Man in Dreamscape oh. in like 1984. Where, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. When he went to the Dreamscape and he became the Cobra. Yeah. And they were on a train, which is even funnier because, you know, right. the subway. Um, but I couldn't remember his name and I know it now, but I can't remember it. It was, uh, th- oh crap. Anyway, I called him Cobra man, but Fox is the guy that sees the Cobra man from the rogues mm-hmm. actually shoot Cyrus, which is why the warriors get blamed for everything. Right. But he's the guy that gets thrown in front of the subway and gets killed Before. the subway train and he never gets to really tell anybody. Well, they don't know. That's no. the thing. We'll talk about that later. I guess they don't know that they got blamed until they hook up with the Lizzie's, but we'll talk about that when we get there. But in the subway where Mercy is running with Fox's double, she fell and broke her wrist because the actor didn't let go of her hand. This is why she later appears in a jacket as it is covering up the cast. Damn. The filmmakers had Mercy disappear from the film for a while, meeting up with the warriors at the subway platform and saying that she stole the jacket she was wearing before arriving there. But it, 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 it almost makes sense to do that because... She's like, oh, just give me one. She wanted one of their vests. Right. Just give me one. I have a lot to say about that actress and about Mercy, but we're gonna do. We're gonna deep dive into this shit. Right, you good. just wait. We're good. gonna. I had somebody uh, message me and tell me that they really enjoy the deep shit we pull out of some of these movies. <laughs> 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 that they never like, you know, because you look at a movie like this, and it's a gang movie, but there's a lot of. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Social document, oh, yeah, um, yeah. social commentary Definitely. in this movie. There is a shit ton of it. Definitely. Stuff I didn't pick up on when I was a kid mm-hmm. or when I was younger even. Mm-hmm. But, you know, watching it now, um, especially with kind of stuff that's going on in the world right now or going on in this country right now, I don't want to get too much into it. Right. But with the police and, and all the stuff going on surrounding police brutality and stuff going on with cops and people like cops or people don't like cops or whatever it is, just the idea of Cyrus standing up and saying, there ain't but 20,000 cops in the whole damn city. We could run this place. You know, it really, 
every nothing is new. No. You know what I mean? This has been a mentality for a long time. Mm -hmm. This shit's been going on for a long time. Mm -hmm. And people have been pissed off about it for a long time. Right. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of social commentary in here that that we're going to get to. And some of the stuff I was pulling out of it, I was shocked. Like, I can't believe I never really saw this. Mm -hmm. Because I've seen this movie a hundred times. You know? I have a version of this movie on DVD. Okay. It's awful. Really? And I bought it because it was a special edition, and I thought it was going to be... I have two versions of this on DVD. I have... And this is how much I like this movie, because I'd already owned it. I bought it on DVD. It's just a simple DVD. No frills, no bells and whistles, just mm-hmm. it's the movie. A couple of... You know, you can get the director's commentary, maybe, or something on it, if that. It's bare-bones DVD. So then, a few years ago, I found one that was like a special edition whatever and i'm like oh this is cool so i bought it because they had incorporated like comic stills Uh in the but i didn't know they were going to be in the movie i thought it was going to be you could watch it as comic stills and i thought that was cool but what they did was each scene that was split up it started off as a comic book and it was like meanwhile in coney island and then it would it would do that thing where it changes to the actual I didn't like it. It broke the movie up too much for me. Like, it took me out of the movie, and I didn't want to get taken out of the movie. Gotcha. You know, and I thought it was going to be cool, the effect. I really ended up not liking it. So, you didn't like So, the you know what I'm talking is, about, I, though? I, You've seen it? Mm hmm. Um, I like the art. The art was amazing, right. I thought, but I didn't like the way it broke into my movie. <laughs> you know? Yo, and and I'm not alone. Segues. I'm not alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not alone because I've seen this mm-hmm. a lot on the internet. And I think if you were watching this movie for the first time, you would think, oh, that's pretty cool. Right. Because you're not, you don't know the movie. It, it ruined the movie for me. I'm like, oh, it's like, uh, you know, when you're making out with your girl and you get a knock on the door and you got to stop. Fuck. You know what I mean? When you're a teenager man. and your mom would come to your room. Oh, oh, my God. You know, like. We're not doing anything in here, Mom. It was like that to me. Gotcha. Then you got to start all over. You got to get back into it. You know, it's like, I don't I didn't like it. It was a big cock block for me, I guess Look, is what I'm saying. Crazy thing is, I liked it from a stylistic point. I see what they were going for, right. and I appreciate it. That's I can definitely appreciate that. But they didn't have to do it with this movie. No. They could have So the, my only issue with movie. it, like like you said, it stops the movie. Yes. I yeah, like yeah. that. I, I, I like that it has that. It has. I, I, I'm gonna call it a filter. That right, little filter for right. a second because I think that artwork is really fucking dope. It was really fucking dope. And I'm not. I think I remember something about there being a Warriors comic, even though I never saw. I know there was a Warriors video game. You look. So it was on PlayStation Two. Yep. And it was one of the hardest games I've ever fucking played. I I played a little but bit of it. Yeah. It's fucking worth. Right. It 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 throws you. It it legitimately allows you to be a warrior. Yes. And I fucking loved it. On the, on the DVD though, the one the one piece of art that I really really liked mm-hmm. that stood out to me that that kind of made that kind of saved the shitty DVD that I didn't like. The Furies. No, oh. it was when Swan's walking through the subway by himself, mm-hmm. and they had a still of him walking, and there was like a shadow. He was casting a shadow, and just the way that they did it, I I would actually hang that art print on my wall. Damn, I thought it was that good. I really there was just something about it that grabbed me. But I didn't like it dropped into the middle of the movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> I so I, I guess I appreciated it, but I didn't like it. Gotcha. So I don't know. Um, 
Crew members were sent death threats because local gangs weren't cast. Thousands of dollars worth of equipment were damaged when one gang tore through the set during a lunch break. Dude, the crew got urinated on from a tower block due to the noise they were creating in the night. They These New Yorkers weren't fucking they were around. They were rowdy for sure. An, oh, check this out. An opening narration was planned, voiced by Orson Welles. It included, it's included on the Director's Cut DVD along with the comic book style transition between scenes. I, the voiceover is on there. Mm-hmm. Comic book style transition, blah, 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 blah. I didn't like it. It didn't need the voice, and it didn't need the voiceover either. And But it's fucking Orson Welles, so how are you going to complain about that? Right. So, you want to go through this? That's a lot. I know. You want to do it? I can do it. Here are the gangs that were listed in the script. Some made it into the movies. Others did not. You ready? Man just took his headphones off. All right. I'm going to read them one. Okay. The Alley Cats. You better hurry. I read fast. The Alley Cats. The Amsterdam All-Stars. The Baseball Furies, a.k.a. the Furies. The Black Hands. The Blackjacks, the Big Trains, the Boppers, the Boyle Avenue Runners, the Charlemagnes, the Colt 45s, the Dealers, the Delaney Rovers, the Destroyers, the Dingoes, which we'll talk about in a little bit, the E Street Blazers, the E Street Shufflers, the Easy Aces, the Electric Eliminators, the 8th Street Bombers, the 8th Avenue Apaches, the Fastballs, the 5th Street Bombers, I wonder if they ever got into it with the 8th Street Bombers. The Fillmores, the Fire Tasters, the Five Points, the Jarens, the Gladiators, the Gohards, the Gunhill Dancers, the Gramercy Riffs, a.k.a. the Riffs, the Hi-Hats, the High Rollers, the Homeboys, the Hope Lights, the Howitzers, the Husks, the Hurricanes. These are in alphabetical order. Yes, the Imps, the Jesters, the Jones Street Boys, the Judas Bunch, the Jupiters, the Knockdowns, the Knuckles, the Lizzies, the Locos, the Magicians, the Meat Packers. <laughs> the Meat Packers. <laughs> I wonder why they didn't use that one. The Mongols, the Moonrunners, the Napoleons, the Nickel Stakes, the Knight Riders, the Ninth Avenue Razors, the Orphans, the Panzers, the Phillies, the Plainsmen, the Punks, the Queensbridge Mutilators, the Real Boys, the Red Hook Shooters, the Roadmasters, the Rogues, the Romans, who are the Romans? <laughs> the Runaways, the Saccharins, the Saratogas, the Savage Huns, the Shanghai Sultans, the Southern Cross, the Speedwagons, the Sports, the Stevedores, the Stilettos, the Stonebreakers, the Terriers, the Tusk, the Turnbull ACs, the Van Corlin Rangers, the Warriors, aka the Coney Island Warriors, the Whispers, the Xenophones, the Xenophones, the Xenomorphs, I just made that one up, the Yo-Yos, the Youngbloods, the Zodiacs, the Zulus, and a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> Whoa. That was a lot. I almost got in over my head on that one. That was a lot. I need a drink. That was a lot. So, um... So the, the funny thing is some of those that you pointed out. Tell us a little bit about the dingoes. All right. So the dingoes from down under um, are actually, uh, they were actually supposed to be, uh, so it, it's, all right. Uh, this is some trivia that I, I found out. So Kevin Bacon was actually supposed to be the leader. Kevin Bacon. Of, 
Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that was funny. Here we go. We're back to six degrees of seven bacon. Or seven bacon. Kevin Bacon. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. We're back to six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Remember right. we talked about that? That anybody or any movie you mentioned, it's just six degrees away from Kevin Bacon. So here we go. So um, it's supposed to be. So Kevin Bacon is supposed to be the leader of the gang. Um, he's actually he was actually casted for it. The leader and of the pack. He's supposed to. The gang is supposed to be an all guy gang that is gay. The dingoes. So they didn't they didn't make it because they weren't man dingo enough oh i was gonna go there too that's so funny I was like, the original name was the man dingoes but it was a bunch of white dudes so they could <laughs> did you watch the scary movies um i think i got up to like three so you saw the f- oh no it was i think it might have been a haunted house did you yes. see that one did you, the whole underlying, I, one of them, the whole underlying joke was Mandingo parties. Oh, yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. He's like, <laughs> she's like, oh, my mom went to something called a Mandingo party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. If, if you, anybody's there going, what's Mandingo party? Just Google it. I dare you. Yeah. Google it. And Take that home with you. If you if Digest hungry, it. Um, a little bit. Google some blue waffles, too. And it, it's good for you. <laughs> Part of this nutritious breakfast. Woo. Right? Let go my ego. Nothing goes with your blue waffle like a mandingo. <laughs> this public service announcement is brought to you by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So, yeah, there you go. Um, that was a lot of... There was a lot. Just, just looking at them, I'm like, shit. Dude. The one that stuck out to me the most was the... Uh, where is it? The uh, Hux. The 8th uh, Street, whatever. <laughs> the 8th Street Bombers and the 5th Street Bombers. I made a comment about that. I was like, I wonder if they were warring with each other. So, we're the real bombers! <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, uh, one of them, you see their jacket. It's a yellow jacket. No, that was... Um, electric something? Electric, uh, what was it? It's in the Electric Eliminators. There we go. Because it's, I really had to look close at it because I couldn't remember what it said. Right, because you, you see them, you, you see like the... That was the it. one time I paused the movie because I was trying to see it because I was writing down some of the gangs you were seeing in the mm-hmm. beginning of the movie and uh wow so um the choreographed fight with the punks in the men's room took five days to shoot and they were shooting from 8 p.m to 7 a.m and i love that most of this movie happens at night it really right. adds to the feeling of the movie mm-hmm. and the really kind of dark grittiness of it it is definitely um, the mistake. There were always crowds of spectators during filming, even at 3 a.m. in the freezing cold. That's because half the people in New York were homeless or on drugs. Huh? Just kidding. <laughs> Maybe. So in the original script for the movie, Cleon is killed by the Gramercy Riffs. Cochise is killed by the Baseball Furies. Ajax is caught by the police, which happens. Mm-hmm. Vermin is killed by the Lizzies. And Swan gets kidnapped by the dingo. Oh, God, by oh, the dingoes. dingoes. <laughs> Woo! This leaves only four warriors in the battle with the punks. Swan does, however, reappear at Coney Island to fight the final battle after the rifts, learn the truth about who shot Cyrus. Although Swan was limping a little bit, walking kind of funny, and nobody knew why. <laughs> Someone went real medieval. And they were like, yeah. And they were like, what happened, Swan? He was like, fuck you. <laughs> You're starting to piss don't, me off. Don't come back to Coney Island. <laughs> oh, my God. Tony Danza was offered the lead in this movie, but he chose to film the television series Taxi instead. 
I, the funny thing is, dude, I can see Tony Danza. I can't because he looks like he could be Mercy's brother, and them having a romance Mercy thing would have been, dude. Mercy, me. we're gonna talk a lot about Mercy, <laughs> but they look. I always thought she kind of looked like Tony Danza, the actress. Damn. So that would have been weird. Damn. Like, and they talk the same. Who oh, what you talking about? Like, well, yeah. Definitely, you know, New Yorky. So, um, Michael Beck was discovered by Walter Hill when Hill was watching the movie Madman, which Beck co-starred in a then less famous Sigourney Weaver. Damn. Hill saw the film because he wanted to see Weaver's performance, and as he was, she was being considered for the upcoming film Alien. But was so impressed by Beck's work that he hired him to come in for an aud- he had him come in for an audition, which led to his being cast in the Warriors. He was the he was, so the director is actually the the leader of the Dingoes. Oh my God! <laughs> he had him come in. Casting couch humor. <laughs> He's like, uh, why don't you come in and we'll see what happens? And, uh, come you on know. in. The door is open. The back door. Anyway, filming during the scene with the orphans was interrupted by a police chase. Damn. It's pretty cool. All right, so I'm going to get out of this trivia now. I think that's quite enough. Quite enough. But um, this movie. The funny thing is when I first saw this movie, I definitely thought Jim Carrey was in it. Jim Carrey, because what one of the, the gu- one of the guys, if I'm not mistaken, the guys that that's on the skates. One of the oh, he I don't know. Similar oh, to him. I might have to look back on that. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say one of the mimes. Because I think he's like one of the mime dudes. In that, in that where he gets flipped in the uh, the bathroom. In the bathroom, yeah. That guy. I think Jim Carrey would have been too young though. He's possibly not old enough to. I don't know, maybe. But um, so this stars Michael Beck as Swan. James Remar as Ajax, Dorsey Wright as Cleon, Brian Taylor as Snow, David Harris as Cochise, Tom McKittrick as Cowboy, Marcelino Sanchez as Rembrandt, Terry Michos as Vermin, Deborah Van Valkenburg as Mercy, um, Roger Hill as Cyrus, and David Patrick motherfucking Kelly as Luther. That's the really real man. There ain't no coming back. There ain't no coming back. Fire it up. Fire it up. Fire it up. Fire it up. <laughs> yeah. Cobra Man, as I will be referring to him. Okay, so here's some um, here's some uh, trivia for you. The DJ, you only see her mouth. Mm-hmm. For the longest time before I had internet that I could look it up, I swear to God I thought that was Whoopi Goldberg. Mm-mm. Can't you see it? <laughs> I understand. No, it even no. kind of sounds like her a little bit, doesn't it? But I knew from Jump. I knew exactly who she was from Jump. But before you had internet, though? Well, I've always had internet. Oh, my God. See, that's what I'm saying. There's a generation gap. I didn't always have Google. Mm-hmm. So that actress's name was Lynn Thigpen. Mm-hmm. She actually died in 2003. Mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of that. That's sad. But you know her from Jump? No. Is what? Shaft. From Sh- oh she was jump in Shaft mm-hmm. right, um, which was what nineteen seventy. Let's see, um, was she jump in Shaft? I'm not seeing no, it. No, no, no. I'm saying this was the Samuel oh the Jackson. the Jamal Jackson movie, mm-hmm. which was nineteen ninety like, something. Like she was, but here's what I know her from. Gotcha. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Mm-hmm. She was the chief. She was the chief on Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego that he used to watch on PBS. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, she was also yeah. I guess she was also on Bear in the Big Blue House. She's oh, she was of... Luna on Bear in the Big Blue House. Luna was the moon oh. that he talked to at the end of every episode. Mm. That's pretty cool. I did not know that. Dude, anger man. There we go. Carla Howard and Shaft. Mm-hmm. Um, she spent some time on All My Children, Law and Order. Wow, that's cool. But I always knew her from Where in the World Is Carmen San Diego. But yeah, for years I would have bet you money. Oh yeah, she's on. She, she definitely isn't lean on me. Yep, yep. Nice. But yeah, I would have bet you money for years that that was Whoopi Goldberg. Damn. I really, really be- I believed it. Time. I believed it in my soul. I took your money every time. That it was Whoopi. <laughs> so anyway, that's the movie. Let's jump into it. I'm going to get my notes out here. Your notes, your chicken scratch. I got to put my, uh, my specs on. Your chicken scratch. So we got an opening shot of the Wonder Wheel in Staten Island. Right? Mm-hmm. Or not St- Coney Island, Coney. I'm sorry. Coney Island. Um, and we get a really good... I like the credits the way they did these here. It says Lawrence Golden Production. And then uh, you switch to the train, and it says The Warriors. And this move, this music is so intense. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, this could have been a horror movie soundtrack. It draws you right in. It does, and it's so suspenseful. And so, like, the, the music, the score of this movie screams... Some shit's about to go down. For sure. You know what I mean? So then we get the first shot of Cleon. This whole first couple of minutes of the credits is kind of filling you in on what's happening Mm -hmm. without going into it in depth. It's got Cleon, who's the leader of the Warriors, Mm -hmm. talking to the different members and telling them there's a big meeting in in the Bronx. It was in the Bronx, right? It's a big meeting in the Bronx. This Cyrus guy. What do you know about Cyrus? He's the man, you know, they're talking back and forth. Mm -hmm. So you're also kind of getting introduced to each character by the way they react to what's going on. Like Cowboy's like, I don't like not taking weapons, man. What if we get jumped? And then Ajax is like, which kick their asses, you know? So you're kind (laughs) of getting a feel of who everybody is and what their personality's like. Mm -hmm. So um, we got the first shot of Cleon talking to everybody. Um, There's a truce. No one's... Pa- oh, shit. Kicking over the drinks, man. My bad. Anyway. My bad. Can you dig it? <laughs> anyway, so and so you learn that there's a truce. No one's supposed to be packing or flexing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes, I gave him my word, which means Cleon had already met with Cyrus. He goes, mm-hmm. I gave him my word. Nothing would happen. So the warriors are all getting on the train. No, no, no. He didn't, he didn't meet with Cyrus. He met with the... Oh, he met with the dude. The... Uh, he because he says like the their war their warlord or whatever no they're uh, almost like their embassy or their it fucking, doesn't make sense though because uh, later on in the movie that guy the guy that whatever. I think he would have met with which is the guy with the sunglasses and the shiny jacket mm-hmm. for the Gramercy Rifts is like I want all of them I want the, the warrior he was acting like he didn't know who they were right so, but he would have had to if that's who he met with I took it as. Did Cleon say who he met with? Uh, he says like their delegate or some shit. Oh, okay. Because I, I thought he had met, he had been in contact with Cyrus. Well, he had been in contact with somebody on that side. Because they gave him so so. Because they told him the 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 stipulations, the rules. Everything. Yeah, no mm-hmm. packing, no flexing. Nine of you guys. Right, nine nine delegates. Right. From a hundred gangs. <laughs> Fuck, I love this movie. <laughs> so um, he's like, I gave him my word. Right. So I love these credits that are rolling because they look like gra- graffiti. Graffiti. And then 
They make a big deal out of that the end credit scenes is going to be Joe Walsh in the city because Joe Walsh was a big deal. He was part of the Eagles. Mm-hmm. He was a big deal at this time. He had single, you know, uh, he had a good singles career. This was, I think, the 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 album this song was on is also the one I think that has "Life's Been Good to Me So Far," which you should never karaoke because the middle part of that song, the the break, the guitar break, is like two minutes long. Damn that! Boom, 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 boom. Before it even goes back into the, and it's just a boom. That's all it does for like two minutes before it even goes back into the. I learned that. Do not karaoke that song because you'll be drunk and standing there awkwardly for two minutes with everybody staring at you while that thing is going. The other Joe Walsh song you can't do that to is, um, oh, shit. It's that one. We don't need the ladies crying because the story's sad. Rocky Mountain Way is the <laughs> same way, except it's at the end of the song. There's like two minutes of, of just music. Guitar. Yeah, so be careful when you're karaokeing Joe Walsh. I think in the city you can do. I don't know that there's a lot of break in that one, but anyway. I love the credits, the way they rolled it against the subway, mm-hmm. and it was coming was, at you. It was coming it right was at you. Continuous Intense. action in this movie. Yes. Something is always moving, even down to the credits, coming right at you. Yep. I think they could have done that in 3D, and it would have been fucking amazing. Man. So they're meeting in the Bronx, and every gang in the city is going to be there. And this is what you're finding out with his conversations. Um, the gangs are, and they show all kinds of different gangs also getting on the subway to head mm-hmm. to the meeting. Um, I wrote, there's a pimp gang. I don't know the name, but they all look like pimps. And um, there were the mimes. I don't know what their names were either. The funny thing is when the mimes popped up, I was like, I can almost guarantee. I can almost guarantee. (laughs) They're like street performers, but they're a gang. Right, a gang of street performers. They're like, (laughs) look, you go over there on that corner, and if anybody fucks with you, we got you. We got got you, brother. We got you. (laughs) Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And they wouldn't even talk shit. They'd just walk up and be like, saying Want to be nothing. starting yeah. something? Right? Want to be starting something? Want to be starting something? Michael Jackson kick. Right? Dude, I wish they would have. Uh, I guess it was too early. If they could have had a Michael Jackson game. But, Who's mad? Oh, my God. Because if Jamona. this movie would have been me, Shamona. And they just come up to you and they moonwalk up and they go, If this had been made like four years later, like in 1984, there could have been a whole gang of like sequenced red jackets with the aviator (laughs) sunglasses and like a Michael Jackson with the high water pants. Oh my God. Oh my God. It would have been awesome. So they had the mimes, the punk gang, which is not the gang that's called the punks in the movie, because I think that was the overall roller skate gang. Gotcha. These were actually guys that look like a bunch of punk dudes. So I call them the punk gang. Um, so then the Warriors are kind of hanging out on the subway. <clears throat> and this is important because you're seeing them kind of fucking around with each other. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing this is a tight-knit group. Right. Because they're kind of messing with each other, making fun of each other. Oh, shut the fuck up. Oh, Takes, you know. yeah, they take a cowboy's hat. Yeah, yeah. And they're kind of tossing it around. So then there's an Asian gang, which right. you never see again, mm-hmm. but you see them here. With the, if I'm not mistaken, they had fedoras on. Uh, was that the gang with the fedoras? There was, uh, I know that there like, is a gang with fedoras. Uh, at the, the leader had the first person you see with them is an Asian dude. And I was like, right. they got yeah, Asian right. Gang. 
And then they had the black shirt gang, and I called them that because every member was just wearing with, a black shirt. With that, those like those deep ass UV. Yes. I was like, could you imagine wearing that every day? Dude, and there was always a guy wearing one of those deep, like sh- deep cut shirts <laughs> with a hairy chest, and the hair is just <laughs> pouring out over it like a waterfall like, pouring Ooh. out of his shirt. It's disgusting. <laughs> So then you got the Yellow Jacket Gang, which was the Electric Eliminators. The Electric Eliminators. With their yellow members-only jackets. And um, then they cut back to the Warriors, and he's telling Rembrandt, I want you to tag everything you can. I want everybody to know the Warriors were there. And Rembrandt's like, okay. <laughs> okay. Because I, I, mean, think, I mean, think, okay, so I did a bad thing, and I really got confused with Rembrandt and Snow. Because they have the same haircut, right. pretty much. Right. But Rembrandt, I think he was like, okay. Because as we talk about a little later, I think he was a li- he should have been part of the uh, the Lizzies. No, oh, no, the Dingoes. The Dingoes. I think he would have been better off with the Dingoes. Anyway, then you got the Silver Jacket Gang. I don't know who they were called, but they all had silver jackets. Right. The members only jackets. And then everybody's really getting introduced again. They're kind of talking to everybody, and. Uh, Somebody goes like, what do you know about Cyrus? And then, um, man, he's the one and only. He's magic. He's you know. Magic. And, and then somebody else like, he don't take no shit. And then so you're now, not only are you getting to know the warriors, but you're getting to know kind of more about Cyrus, who they're mm-hmm. going to hear talk. So you've got a lowdown on Cyrus by the time he comes out. So he's just not some dude standing up on a wooden platform going, can you dig it? (laughs) (laughs) I guarantee this movie is so dope. You go up to anybody and go, can you dig it? And they're either going to have no clue what you're talking about or they're going to be excited. Dude, that's from the Warriors. Mm -hmm. There's no in between on this. Like Nobody sees this movie. "Eh, It was all right. You're either you've never seen it or you love it. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like it, you're fucking retarded. I take that from you. Mm-hmm. That was you got a big hit on that too, and we were talking about a while back. It was a few episodes back. Somebody was telling me they laughed their ass off, and you're like, "If you don't think Die Hard's a Christmas movie, you're fucking retarded." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and that's why we were talking earlier about that's why Roman sits across from me because <laughs> he demands. Uh. <laughs> He's gonna say whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> Yo, that's funny. That is oh, so funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it all comes shit. back around. Bring it right. around town. Around town. So now we're at the meeting in the Bronx, and Cyrus is getting up to speak. And we we played that in the beginning in the intro. Mm-hmm. Can you count, suckers? <laughs> <laughs> and half the dudes there are like. No. <laughs> one. Pass what? One. <laughs> one. <laughs> right? If I have to go to 21, I'm going to have to pull my pants down. <laughs> anyway, so he's saying, we have nine delegates from 100 gangs. He's like, 20,000 more, counting affiliates, and however many, 20,000, whatever more that aren't organized, but are ready to fight. So he goes, 60,000 soldiers. There's ain't nothing but 20 cops in the whole city. Can you dig it? And everybody's like, yeah. So he's pretty much saying he wants to organize all the gangs. Mm-hmm. 
so that they're one big cartel that run the whole of New York. Mm -hmm. He was saying, nothing moves without us saying. Nothing ships, nothing goes. The unions, everything controlled by us. And can you dig it? Can you dig it? Well, first off, it's cool because he's like, (laughs) I see this gang sitting next to that gang. Mm -hmm. I see the... I don't know the brown guys next to the white guys. I, I see nobody icing nobody. Ain't nobody. I see nobody. the mime gang next to the silver jacket gang. <laughs> Nobody's killing nobody, and that is a miracle. <laughs> the mime gang, like that's so funny. Like, look, can you, can you imagine them like fake pulling out a gun? It's like. Right, <laughs> the mimes. It's just their finger, and the other one's acting like he's getting shot. Oh, oh, he's not making any noise, and the other one's trying to help him, but he's he's like pulling a rope, rope. trying to pull him <laughs> to safety, or he's trying to get to him on a rope. Oh my god! Uh, the other one's running downstairs. <laughs> The other one can't get to him because there's a glass and he can't get through it. The funny thing is Jasper is he's miming all of these. Ah. You should have seen the stair one. It was hilarious. Oh my god. So <laughs> So pretty much yeah, now everybody's excited and you see outside the cops are starting to pull up. But mm-hmm. Cyrus is still speaking, and he's standing up on this big wooden platform that looks like they may have constructed just for him to stand up and speak on. Because it's kind of... Rickety. Yeah. <laughs> I was worried for Cyrus's safety, which I guess I should have been later on. But anyway, so he's saying, we're going to go through and we'll take one borough at a time. And if you know anything about New York, there's five. There's five. Five boroughs. And the only reason I know there's five boroughs, it was because of the Beastie Boy album to the five boroughs. <laughs> okay. That's not really why, the only reason I know, but I had to give a shout out to the Beastie Boys for the five boroughs. Anyway... Also, the the rap band, I want to give a shout-out to rap band. I sound like 45 years old. Oh, wait, I am. Was um, uh, Delinquent Habits. Do you remember Delinquent Habits? I don't. Um, Delinquent Habits was a rap group that had a good hit in the, uh, I think, the mid-'90s, maybe around 1996. Um, But their album cover... Uh, the album was called Tres de la Cuentes, and um, their album cover was that um, movie poster for the Warriors, but it had them standing in front. It had it, the art was them standing in front. That's bad. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So um, I'm gonna play you a little bit of this right now, just because Needles, I can. Needles essential for sewing, oh, but no. maybe not for people with certain inflammatory. This is YouTube, and this is what the- happens when you do a live podcast. So this is Delinquent Habits. This is Tres de la Quintas. Watch this bass drop right here. This is amazing. It's not, it's not coming across as amazing, I guess, on my computer. But this was uh, Tres de la Quintas. There it is. I'm gonna play this for a minute just so you get a feel of the of them. I really dug this song. So 
So this other guy here that you see behind him, he's half black and half Mexican, and he calls himself a Blacksican later on in the movie. That's so awesome. There's a fucking midget on a skateboard. There's a mariachi band. This video is amazing. That might have been Wee Man. Was it Wee Man? Now I want to see it again. We're almost taking an intermission here just because I wanted to jam out to this song. So there's like a whole bar scene. Here it comes. The Blacks Fuck, I love this song. Dude, that might be Wee Man. Holy shit. I never caught that before. Whole mariachi band in this. Right? But it, this is real, like, uh, it, it's almost like the Cypress Right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I could have seen them opening for Cypress Hill. Hell yeah. I think this was their only hit. The entire album is amazing. You got some chicks dancing. The mariachi's playing. Uh. Oh, and she got more boom boom the charo. Yeah. <laughs> there it is again. Dude, I love it. Right? <laughs> it's appealing to both of our halves because we got a whole Mexican between us. Oh, look, we could have been there. I'm a black skin. Right? And that has a white Mexican because he's speaking the shit out of Right? Spanish. And that's I guess I could be a. That is totally Wee Man. No, no, no. Not only that, the person talking right there is that's Hand Dog, right? Oh, that was Send Dog. Yeah, Send Dog. Hanging out with him, yeah. So uh, it, it makes sense why they have that Cypress Hill. And they're at Casa Bonita. Yeah, I love these guys. So if you don't know who this is, check them out. Delinquent Habits. It's freaking awesome. Check out this video. It's so 90s, but it's so cool. That guy's somebody too, but I can't think of who. There's a lot of people in this video that I recognize, but I really can't place a finger on who it is. So there it is, Delinquent Habits. Coming to you fresh on the 700 Tapes podcast. Out of nowhere, I just decided to do that. That's the cool thing about doing this, the way we do it. Let's throw in some Delinquent Habits because their album cover was the cover of the Warriors and it had them, those three guys, standing in the front. That's it's badass. so fucking cool, yeah. And yeah, the whole album's really cool. And at the end, they do like a... Remember Cypress Hill when they did um, Rock Superstar and then they had Rap Superstar? Mm -hmm. But they were totally different. Mm -hmm. But Cypress Hill kind of got into a little bit of the metal... Yep. They have a they have a metal type rap song at the end of this album that Dope. they do like that. It's fucking cool. Dope. 
So yeah, I dug it. I really dig it. I dig it. I dug it. I done it. I did it. Oh shit. Anyway. <laughs> oh, you almost went Jesus rap. I know. I'm gonna put my glasses back on and shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh shit. So anyway. Like we could have went into the whole Lint Biscuit right there. Shut right? the fuck up. Oh my god. <laughs> we could have went rolling, 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 rolling. <laughs> what? Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. Come on. <laughs> and you know how you know it's a Lint Biscuit song? I mean, why? Because Fred Durst is gonna say Lint Biscuit like eighty times in the song. It's Lint Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of my like my favorite verses. Just is, in case you forgot, it's Lint Biscuit. Is when Method Man says, "Uh, brought a brought a uh, sword to dance for to cut a rug." Yeah, <laughs> brought a sword to the dance for to cut a rug. <laughs> it ain't easy being greasy in this world full of cleanliness and all that other madness, dude. I I do like that song. Look, that it's song fucking, is so like. I, I can't lie. I can't even front. I was so into Limp Bizkit in the late nineties. If only we could fly. <laughs> <laughs> I could rap along with it. Oh, <laughs> you're like, look, this is so me. Oh, my God. <laughs> the cool thing, there's one album. It's the first song in the album. I can't remember which album it is. But there's a line where Fred Durst goes, if I say fuck two more times, that's 46 fucks in this fucked up rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny. The 90s. But let's go back to the 70s, the 79. late 70s, 1979, the seven, five plus four pennies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What's in this tea? Oh, anyway, so Cyrus is saying 60,000 soldiers, which is why I'm like, it's 100, not 100,000. Right. And they keep saying 100,000, like there's 100,000 enemies. I'm like, no. Clearly, they can't, he, like, they, they weren't taking Cyrus. There's only 60,000 enemies minus nine because it's them. <laughs> they were part of it. When they said, <laughs> can you count? No. No. no obviously, the people producing this, off. The, the producers and stuff doing the merch and stuff on this movie. Crazy thing is, 60,000, you know, 100,000 doesn't sound like. A vast difference, you know what I'm saying? Between yeah. the sixty thousand, right, like right. It, all they had to do was say sixty thousand, right? And I'd have been still enthralled. Exactly, but it's with, still a big number. Saying the hundred thousand, I don't care if there's sixty people trying to get them getting right. out of New York. They're they're screwed. But so, with them saying the hundred thousand and knowing the the forty thousand discrepancy, exactly, <laughs> it's like that's it's a little egregious for me. Well, that other forty thousand, there were some <laughs> cops on the take. I think. Anyway, right. so um. He's saying nobody's fighting. He goes, we keep fighting over the same ten, ten square yard, or square ten square whatever or of like our that. turf. He goes, there won't be any fighting because it's all our turf. Can you dig it? Yeah! <laughs> and the funny thing is, all they did was oh they just took God. his last. Can you dig it? And, and they it looped again. it. I That's know. All it was. Because his back was to the camera. <laughs> yep. You know why? I know why. I why? can tell you. He lost his voice. Really? During that part. So they had to re-loop it, and that's why they show him from the back. Can you dig it? Because he couldn't do it again because he had lost his voice. How the fuck? He's in the movie for like seven minutes. He was yelling, man. He was like, can you count, suckers? Yeah. I mean... Dude, sometimes after the podcast, I was telling you earlier, I think I even said it on yep. the mics, I was thinking about doing two in a row, mm -hmm. but I think it would have totally blown my voice. I'd have been fucked by the end of the last <laughs> podcast, like three quarters of the way through. Be, uh, 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 
<clears throat> anyway, I'm already clearing my throat from can you digging it all over the place. Let me clear my throat. Now let me clear my throat. Oh my god. It's a party tonight. God, what's that guy's name? What's that guy's name? DJ Cool? Is that Is it DJ Cool? It is DJ Cool. Yeah. Now let me clear my throat. But that's badass. <laughs> I have that. I have that uh, CD single. Hey, look, I had the CD single too. Really, I right have it. The, right yeah, in the gut. that's I fucking had it. cool. Hell yes, <laughs> that's awesome. I got all excited when I found it too. So he's oh. saying it's all our turf. So then the cop, more cops show up, and they're pulling in. The cops are pulling in. So then you show the rogues, and I put. The crackheads are passing. <laughs> the crack the They're passing addicts. a gun, yeah, because they all look like fucked up meth heads. Sure. But we know it's the rogues, mm-hmm. and they pass it. What was his name? Luther. Mm-hmm. They pass the gun to Luther, Cobra Man, and he shoots Cyrus. Wait, wait you see um, Fox. Fox oh. is kind of winding his way through the crowd, and he's all excited. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Yeah, this is cool. I want to get over. I'm I pretty get a, in on this. A closer look at. I want to get up close. Maybe he'll slap my hand like at a concert. <laughs> <laughs> I can dig it. I can dig it. I'm yes, wearing a, it. a vest and no shirt, and I got a hairy chest <laughs> because in my notes I refer to him as hairy chest guy because I couldn't find his name on IMDb and I thought I had just missed it, but then oh. you. Concurred when you concurred, got here for sure. that the actor's not on there. It's really, really weird. And I've seen him it. in other movies. Yeah, you had to look on a totally different website. So come on, IMDb, get your shit together. Look, We're trying to was, run a podcast here. We're professionals. It was them, and you're fucking us up. Wikipedia didn't have him either. God I think damn. Uh, every like I what I did find him on was the Looper. What if? The... Go with me here. Okay. I already know this podcast is going to go long. I don't give a fuck. Right. Go with me because I ain't got to work tomorrow. Right, 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 right. It's a holiday. <laughs> I don't holiday. work today. <laughs> on the next three days. What's that? You know what that is? Come on. I know you know. I don't. It's a holiday. I don't work today. On the next three days. Come on. Oh, uh, it's off. Um, Elef- it's off monkey business oh. as black eyed peas oh. and that the hook to that is so cool there's a little thing behind it that goes Wah. Wah. I don't know what it is <laughs> but it's fucking awesome I remember I used to have this <laughs> this is ridiculous this whole episode we're so excited about this movie yes. we're like giddy I had a I had a, a couple games on the original Xbox mm-hmm. one was outlaw golf and the other one was outlaw volleyball and they were just really cool. They were sports games, but they were kind of outlandish because you could like fight your partners, and the girls were skimpy dressed and outrageous <laughs> characters. But um, on the Xbox, if you remember, I don't think you can do this on the Xbox One anymore, mm. not in the wrestling games anyway. But you could upload your own music. You could oh put, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could put CDs in and burn them to the Xbox, mm-hmm. and then that music would play mm-hmm. during your games. Some of the games. So I had uploaded a bunch of music to mine and you could randomize it where it just played at random. And for some reason, every time I played Outlaw Volleyball, that song would play in the background while you were playing. <laughs> it happened five or six times to the point now when I hear the song, I think about Outlaw Volleyball and I realized, oh crap, that wasn't really on the Outlaw Volleyball soundtrack. That was my Xbox. That was my shit. Yeah. Yeah. But the reason I love that was because when you played the wrestling games, you could use that music as entrance music. So you could literally come out to anything you wanted. <laughs> my humps. My, my humps. Hum, hum, and that's totally what my that. character came out to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my milky, funny. milky cocoa puff. 
So anyway, the uh, crackheads are passing a gun to um, Luther. Snake guy. Snake man, Cobra man. And um, Fox is, yeah, winding his way through the crowd. And he's watching. He's all excited. Well, then he sees Luther point the gun and he shoot. Well, he points the gun and he shoots Cyrus. And they do this great shot where he turns around and he sees Fox staring at him. Wait, wait, wait. You see, wait, you see. Um, Fox is staring at him and Luther turns around over his shoulder. You see, what's his name? Fall off that rickety ass. Oh, that's right. Yes, I Because you were scared for his life. That's right. It's almost like. It's like a, a body Did double. Did you see the ring? Yes. When they finally do the shot where she pushes Samara into the well mm-hmm. and her legs just, it's like, it's almost like a mannequin. It just goes, bloop, and the legs <laughs> fly up in the air and it goes straight down. That's how Cyrus fell off yes. that fucking thing. It was bad. So then, I'm glad you pointed that out because that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> that rickety ass stage. There's also, the there's also an Ice Cube lyric. Where? Where he says, because a fool like me done shot Cyrus. Oh. And I can't remember what song it's in, but it's real quick, and you've, you've got to catch it. And you're like, oh, fuck, that's a Warriors that's reference. A Warriors reference. Yeah. It's fool, you know how we do it. Fool, you know how we do it. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, well, oh, yes, it is. It, it definitely is. Well, it definitely is. Yeah, he's like, that a fool like me done shot Cyrus. Ain't nothing going on but a bomb-ass rap song hitting all night long. <laughs> Just like me on the black and white ivory. Sorry. You don't want to see a G break your ass like dishes, bust-ass tricks, sleep with the fishes. <laughs> anyway, I digress. They want to have me in stripes like Dennis the Menace. Ice Cube's my dog. I, everything Ice Cube. Hell yeah, you, I'll be in my car like an idiot fucking rapping away. <laughs> Today I didn't even have to use my AK. I'm all, I'm all riding like this. Today was a good day. Fucking hand up on the steering wheel like I'm a badass or something. And then a car black dudes pull up to me. I turn it down all fast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> what movie was that? Oh, um, shit. It's the Chris Rock movie where he... Uh, Listen to it all loud, and then the, the gangster dude's pull up, and he turns it down all fast. Oh, shit, I don't remember what movie oh, it is. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Chris Rock movie where he comes back as the old white guy. No. And he and uh, he's playing, uh, uh, fuck, what was it? What was the song? It was the Rough Rider anthem. Stop. Oh, that's funny. Drop. No, but they referenced that, and there's a movie called uh, This Is The End with Seth Rogen. Right. And uh, James Franco. And he goes, because James Franco's trying to go off on his own, he's like, you can't go off on your own, man. You need friends. You need companies. He goes, he goes uh, even DMX, he can't just stop, drop, shut him down, open up shop on his own. He's got to have the Rough Riders with him. <laughs> so funny. Stupid. So anyway, so Cyrus gets shot. And then, yeah, um, Luther turns around, and he's got this crazy look on his face. And he, looks, he looks good. Fox right in the eye and Fox is all shocked and they're both wide-eyed mm-hmm. but Luther's expression is absolute insanity and Fox's is a lot of fear and they look at each other and then he's like the okay so then the cops burst in about to, he's about to shoot him yeah and then oh the yeah lights, he's gonna cat he's gonna the lights kick. he turns the gun and he's gonna shoot him and all the cops the the lights go off and all the cops come rushing in and they're busting everybody over the head, and Cyrus is dead, and um, that's when he's like, "That's him! 
He did it, man. The Warriors. No, no, no. So, so what happens is, um, uh, what's what's the Cleon? Cleon. So what he what he says is he's like, hey, look, you guys go against the 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 traffic or whatever. Oh yeah, he's like directing him out. He's like, look, you guys go right. that way, and then he right. goes to see, um, what happened to Cyrus. Yes. So that's when. And then yeah, because he knew. The guy that Fox saw him, and he was one of the warriors. He's like, they did it. They did it. It was the warriors. The warriors did it, man. <laughs> and then he tries to jump him. He tries to tackle him. And then, dude, I just want to say this about Cleon. He's a fucking badass. Right. He had that circle of dudes around him, and he was like, patrol, patrol, patrol. He, he took at least three of the rogues out. Dude, he was kicking some ass, but the pure numbers game got the best of him. Right. And then the warriors are fighting their way out. And then they finally manage to get out, and they're running through a cemetery. And they manage to ditch the cops, and they kind of meet back up, and they're talking. We got to get back to Coney Island. At this point, they have no idea they've just gotten blamed for Cyrus's death. Right. All they're worried about is, is, is the, the only person attack. that knew at this point. Fox. No, he didn't even know because he took off with the rest of them. The only person that knew at this point was Cleon, and he's dead. Right, because, but I'm saying at, at, because well, at this point in time, Luther no. blamed Cleon. He didn't blame Fox. Fox took off. No, but Fox, Fox is the one that saw him shoot. He is the one, that, so he knows that Luther shot Cyrus, right. but he does not know the Warriors have been blamed for it. Only Cleon knows that, and gotcha. Cleon's been fucking beat to death. At least that's what we're assuming happened to Cleon. Right, because he was a badass motherfucker, dude. Badass. Uh, hell yeah. I always wanted to know, even when I was a little kid, I'm like, what happened to him? Like, did he die? Did he get killed? Did, um, so spaghetti Western shit. Right. Right off into the sunset, but you slumped. No, did he We're die? We're going to talk about that, too. Did he die okay, or did right? he not? Oh. So then they're talking. They got to get back to Coney Island. And um, I think it was Cowboy. It was either Cowboy or Vermin that was like, I wish we were packing. Cowboy. Yeah. He was like, I wish we were packing. So Swan's starting to say, okay, we got to cut through to get back to the whatever station to catch the train and then ajax mm -hmm. raiden <laughs> right ajax steps up and he's like who made you the leader and he's like i'm warlord i'm war you chief know, i'm war chief i'm mm -hmm. in charge you know and he's like i could lead just as well as you can and then somebody steps up and they're like this isn't the time to do this i don't remember who it was no no swan says it's not the time to do this right but everybody else is like he's war chief what right. the fuck are you what, right. like clearly he's second in command. Yep. Like what the fuck are you even Exactly. This doesn't even make sense. So you can tell you kind of found out in the beginning that Ajax is kind of a hothead. Mm -hmm. His little part where uh Cleon was talking to everybody. Mm -hmm. So then keep it um, cool or whatever yep. he says. Yeah, he's like, I just want to bust some heads. He's like, You keep it cool, whatever. Don't bust it. off or whatever. Right, yeah, don't it. bust a nut. <laughs> <laughs> no, but look in the in the in the part where him and uh um uh, fuck, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Vermin or whatever. When they're talking, right? Like, yeah, I hope we, you know, we come across some, uh, some faggots. No, dude, some, that's some the new, thing. This dude. Oh yeah, he was he looking for some poon or yeah, something some like that. Trim or something. But <laughs> he said Ajax twice hard. Like, hard, I think hard. it was like three times that I could think he of. He really faggot. does not like faggots. Yeah, that's why holy the shit, weren't in it. Right. <laughs> oh my, and uh, wimps. Everybody's a wimp or a faggot. Holy crap. We heard that in the intro. He's like, good. I'm done running from these wimps. wimps. 
And then the funny thing is when he's like, I'm going to shove that bat up your ass like a popsicle. And then after they beat him, he's like, I knew those guys were wimps. <laughs> but the way he delivers it. The other funny thing in the beginning when they meet the Lizzie's mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, yeah, we know the Warriors. You guys are hot, whatever. Uh, hot, uh, something uh, heavy hitter or something. You guys are heavy dudes or whatever. Coney Island. Dude. That line is delivered, and if you don't believe me, because I grew up watching this shit, go watch a Charlie Brown cartoon. Mm-hmm. That line was fucking delivered exactly like a line from a Charlie Brown cartoon. <laughs> I don't know why, but every time I hear her say that, or I see that trailer or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm like, you so fucking outfit from Coney Island. Fucking Peppermint says. Patty grew up and joined the Lizzies. Is that what happened? I knew she was a dyke. I knew it the whole time. Her and Marcy are like, part of the Lizzies now. And, and carpet munching. Yeah. All we got to do is open this box. And uh, Marcy, I could see coming up. Are we going to kill the Warriors, sir? <laughs> this is my weird. This is my second Peppermint Patty reference, I think. In as many episodes. Because I think last time we talked about Charlie Brown Thanksgiving Uh and Peppermint Patty going, what the fuck is this shit? (laughs) So there we go. I think Marcy and Peppermint Patty and possibly Lucy were members of the Lizzie's. Because Lucy, I don't know. Anyway, I'm just saying. So anyway, so Swan tells Rembrandt to tag the cemetery. He's like, I want everybody to know we were here. So he's putting W's on everything. What's that? And, can I gang? Can I gang? Can I gang? Right with sword. <laughs> and but then later on, people thought that George W. Bush had been there. They're like, God damn it. W. W. <laughs> I used to call him when he was president. I always referred to him as G-Dub. G-Dub. <laughs> G-Dub. G-Dub in effect. What? What? <laughs> so then um, shit's going down with the riffs. And um, this is when you. you this get is the- when. Oh, man. They come in, mm-hmm. and he's like, riffs, and they're like, I don't know what they say. Yeah, man. right. Yeah, right. I think that's what they say. Goddamn. <laughs> Motherfucker. So um, the dude's talking to the riffs, and I put, God damn, that jacket's sparkly. <laughs> what the fuck, man? You're the member, like, because you get the feeling that the, the riffs were the biggest gang in New right. York, which is why they were the ones trying to organize and you're fucking second in commands wearing a disco jacket? What the hell is going on? <laughs> I felt like he should have been opening for Lionel Richie or some shit. All night long. <laughs> and those yeah. silver jacket dudes. <laughs> right? But this guy, his his jacket was like sequenced. It was like navy blue and like sequenced. Yeah, it was blue. It was like straight off of one of the Golden Girls. Like Rue McClanahan was part of the riffs and uh, let him use her jacket. I don't know. Or it'd have been Betty White because she was the badass. Oh, Betty. Betty White. Betty motherfucking White. She'll cut a bitch. She'll cut a bitch. I've seen her do it. <laughs> so anyway, he's saying, uh, that's when he's like, I want all of them. I want the warriors. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was putting emphasis on yeah. certain words. And then he said, alive if possible. Holy fuck. They were going to get medieval on those asses. There you go. Dude. <laughs> Which kind of tells you what happens to the rogues at the end of the movie, because they mm-hmm. do get taken alive. Anyway, I'm jumping ahead of myself. So then um, we get the first radio station update, and we get the What's-Her-Face's-Mouth, um, Leon, uh, Lynn, Lynn, Thigpen. Lynn Thigpen. And she's like, oh, I played that in the beginning, too. She goes, I'm sending this out to the Warriors, and I do mean the Warriors, just 
so there's no mistake. Mm-hmm. And it's nowhere to run to, baby. Nowhere to hide. So pretty much tell them you guys are fucked because every gang in the city's after you now. Plus the cops. You know what the cool thing about 100,000 soldiers of the night. Um, or 60. It showed it showed how powerful the radio was. Fuck yeah. You know, like that was the first thing that 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 caught my attention. I was like, damn, the radio used to be like the Ovaltine shit. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And the secret decoder and Be stuff. sure to listen. Like it, it showed the little impact. Orphan Annie. Matter of fact, even even going back to like um listening to the war. Yes. The, the, the radio had such a Well, big the thing effect. was, prior to television, radio was all you had. Right. Radio was a big thing. That's why they had all the radio dramas and the RKO shit. Mm-hmm. Because the family would literally sit around the radio and listen to that shit. Because there was no TV. There was no such thing as TV. That's why you had the serials on there. Like, we had, um, on the one episode, it was like, we bring you action. Remember, like, yes. are you tired of the mundane? <laughs> same old, same old. We bring you dun 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 action. Remember, and that was that was from one of those old radio serials. You had like, who knows what dwell, evil dwells in the hearts of men? The, the shadow, shadow knows. <laughs> it's funny. A couple weeks ago, we were talking about the shadow when you were right, 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 Alec right. Bald, good old skinny Alec Baldwin. Skinny Alec. <laughs> so anyway, um, they're playing Nowhere to Run, and they do this great montage of all the gangs gearing up in the city and getting their shit together and, and ganging back up, no pun intended, so they could go out and look for the warriors. And the warriors are trying to make their way to the subway. So in this montage, all gangs are rolling out. Roll out. Roll out. Roll out. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. Oh, Come I was, on. I was going Luda. You and the biscuit. Oh, Uh-oh. man. Lamb biscuit right my here. homies. <laughs> roll out. So in this rollout, we had the tank top gang. <laughs> look back. There. <laughs> I'm like, look, you They're guys look back. so. You guys look so presentable with your with shirts tucked in and your waterfall of showing. air coming over his tank top. <laughs> I should say falling over his tank top, not oh, coming shit. over his tank top. Oh. We had the striped shirt gang. <laughs> we had, and these, this is the gang I would have been in. The Hawaiian shirt gang. <laughs> All the guys were wearing Hawaiian shirts. It's freaking awesome. Then we had the roller skate gang, which right. we know is the punks with their fucking overalls. They're dressed like Chucky dolls. Look, I, what again, the hell? That's the Did guy you that notice think, that? That's the guy that I think looks like Jim Carrey. Dude, look at my Chucky right there. For sure. That's what they were dressed like. Or, good, except they had roller guys. skates. They were good guys. <laughs> then we had the camo gang. Oh, right. Everything they wore was camo. Then we had the baseball gang, which we know is the Furies. The Furies. Uh, the, huh, what was it? The uh, uh, let me look on here because it says the uh, what was the the Bulls? What was the Turnbull. it? Turnbull. The Turnbull ACs. Yes. Which I called the Vin Diesel the Vin gang because they're all bald and they look like Vin Diesel. But we know because of a couple lines in the movies that they're skinheads because they're twice retar- re- retarded. Yeah, well, yeah. They're twice referred to as either those fucking skinheads or those fucking skinhead idiots or some <laughs> shit like that. So the Warriors are running. And now, of course, as if anything couldn't get worse for the Warriors, it's raining. 
Now it's raining on them, which is okay because they were just as wet from sweating earlier. Dude, when they stopped in that cemetery, especially Swan, it looked like somebody hosed him down. Oh, my God. They were all sweaty. And the crazy thing is, like, when this was shot, it was it's the fucking, it's the winter. But they're running around right. like it's fucking summer. summer. Because they were saying, like yeah, because they were saying in the in the tra- in the trivia mm-hmm. that people were at three in the morning in the freezing cold, still watching them film. Mm-hmm. So, um, so then the radio. We're back to the radio again. You know what I like about this? Did you see Beauty Shop with yes. Queen Latifah? Uh-huh. They do this kind of same radio thing on Beauty Shop, and I caught on to it as the first time I saw it's it. I the, was it's like, the same stylistic. Yeah, shop. I was like, dude, mm-hmm. it's just like the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And then I literally Googled it while I was watching the movie. Because I thought maybe it was the same lady, because that's why they were doing it that way, but it mm-hmm. wasn't. Because you actually see her at the end of the movie. She gets her hair done. Can't think of her name, but yes. I it, can't think of her name either, but it's definitely not. She's a comedian. It's not Thin or thin, It's not it's Lynn. not Lynn Thigpen, because I think she was dead by the time mm-hmm. Beauty Shop came out. She looks like she died in, in 2003. Yeah. And Beauty Shop came out way later. Mm-hmm. Which I like Beauty Shop way more than I should have. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think this is like the second or third reference. In the last two or to three episodes. To Beauty Shop? Uh-huh. Are you serious? Right hand reference? of God, I think. What did I say before? Because it was, it was referring back to this. It was for, oh, okay, that's why. Mm. I really like Beauty Shop way more than I should have. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. Guilty pleasure? I guess, yeah. I mean, I just, I, dude, okay. Did you want to slap Alicia Silverstone through the entire movie? Yes. Every time she opened her mouth, I just yeah. wanted to fucking backhander like a pimp like, why <laughs> i turned into fucking 50 cent i was like my pimp hand is strong <laughs> oh my god she yeah she annoyed the living shit out of me anyway so then the radio's back on and she's like adios warriors good luck you know like you're fucked so now they're at the train station and um i <laughs> i made a note Ajax loves talking about faggots. <laughs> yes, because he's like, because they're, they're waiting to try to get to the train. Right. And he's like, just wait. Just wait. Swan's like, just wait. He's like, why? Because a bunch, you guys are acting like a bunch of faggots. Right, yeah, that's exactly what he says. And then that's when you see the, the Vin Diesel. And then uh, Rembrandt was like, you know, that really hurts my feelings. It's very insensitive. <laughs> I know this is the 70s, but damn. Right. So... What happens is, dude, these... The Vin Diesels. The way this is done, (laughs) the Warriors can't catch a fucking break. For sure. And you really feel that, and you feel for it. When I I remember watching this movie being like, like the first couple of times I saw it, just, dude, come on! You're like, Like, really? 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 So the train is coming, but they're hiding because the big bus full of Vin Diesels is coming (laughs) down the street. And they're all like, I am Groot. <laughs> I am Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> so the bus is coming and they're like, fuck, we can't run. And the train is coming. They're going to miss the fucking train. Mm-hmm. So the the Turnbull ACs are coming. And oh, lousy skinhead fucks is what they're called. I'm glad I wrote it down. <laughs> lousy skinhead fucks. So they're going to miss the train. So finally they re- they, they're like, you know what? Let's just run for it. So they start running, and then the bus is chasing them. Here's what I put in, in big question marks after. No guns? 
Right. Not one of those dudes had a gun. They were waving baseball bats and crowbars and axe handles and all kinds of blunt objects, machetes. Not one of them started shooting or had a gun to shoot them with. My first thought with this scene was they show where the steps are, right? Yes. And they run for like half a mile. Right, absolutely. The steps <laughs> were the steps were in sight, like right. right across the street. And you're right. They seem like they ran for like three blocks. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So the only thing I can think of here is you weren't supposed to bring any guns to this meeting, mm-hmm. but they brought their bus. They didn't have any guns on their bus. Like, we brought guns, but leave them on the bus. No, so, you know? so you have to think, you know, at this point, because... Turnbull they were in the Turnbull AC's territory, maybe. They, either that, or you have to think, there was only nine of them. There was nine, you know, delegates at each thing. So they, they were definitely, back. I was going to say, they were definitely in their territory then, because there were way more than nine guys exactly. on that bus. So there's that, but you're like, damn, you, you motherfuckers got a bus, but no guns, huh? Right. Okay. So then they make it into the subway station, mm-hmm. and they're jumping the turnstiles. Mm-hmm. And I had to do this. This reminded me of a Beastie Boys lyric. Here. Jump the turnstile, never pay the toll. <laughs> Singing the do wah diddy, what's up with the free roll? <laughs> anyway, um, so they made it. They're Wait. like, yeah, we made it. Back to so, the big CI. Yeah, and That's they're celebrating. Yeah, we're home. Oh, yeah, and then uh, Vermin's like, we're home free. Like, Wait, don't, don't get to start celebrating yet. And then, yeah, Swan is keeping a cool head. He's like, we're not home free until we're home free. Until we see Coney Island, you know. Mm-hmm. So then the riffs are getting updated that the Turnbull ACs fucked up and they didn't get the Slip Warriors. Past them or something. Yep. So then all of a sudden I put, oops, there's a fire. <laughs> <laughs> so the fire is blocking the train, which you know was done purposely mm-hmm. to keep them from getting out of wherever they were. It was the Bronx. So my, my thought with this is, I'm in a bus, right? I'm a I'm a I'm a Turnbull Vin Diesel, mm-hmm, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm going Groot. I'm going to the next station up the street, right? And I'm getting your ass, yeah. Period point blank. No, they they were like, oh shucks. We, they got on the train and that's damn it. Not clearly. You, I think you got to go a mile or two up to the next train station. And Here's what it's like. And I'm going to go back to the '80s here. Mm-hmm. Masters of the Universe, He Man. Right. <laughs> The way He-Man fought, mm-hmm. like, let's say, Merman or Beast Man, because it's always a man. Mm-hmm. Merman or Beast Man, he's fighting them. First off, he'll throw them, and they always do cartwheels. I don't know what are not cartwheels. Um, <laughs> somersault. Summer rolls. What are they called? Mm-hmm. Where you roll on your head. Somersault. Summer, is this a somersault? Mm-hmm. So they always do summer. Skeletor did it every time. <laughs> but every time He-Man threw somebody, they'd do a somersault. And then they'd come back, and all that would happen is He-Man would heave them over his head and like throw them into like a puddle of mud or a lake and they would come up and they'd be like from the waist up is all you could see because they were in a puddle and they'd be waving their arms over their head going ah and they were beat at that (laughs) point i don't know if they just couldn't swim they couldn't get out of the mud it was quicksand i don't know but that's how he-man beat every enemy i think the turnbull acs must have been like they were just waving their hands in the air shaking their fist god damn it you warriors we'll get you next time i am groot <laughs> i am groot <laughs> wait what's that um fuck i just fucked this up it was a good joke 
What was Michelle Rodriguez's name? In, Letty. Uh, Letty. He's like, Letty. <laughs> <laughs> Letty. Oh, man. I'm going to get in my Dodge Charger. You just watch. <laughs> <laughs> We're all pigeon-toed. <laughs> We're all pigeon-toed. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> so anyway, so now they have to get off the subway. So now we switch to uh, Luther's making a phone call. Mm-hmm. And I've yet to figure out who he's talking to. They never really explain it. Right. He makes two or three phone calls. And you'd think maybe he's calling the leader of the Riffs. Maybe. I thought like at one point in time, because he, he calls and then hangs up and then it goes right back to the DJ. So I was like, oh, maybe it's the maybe DJ. Maybe he's calling the and DJ, now, That's what right? I was thinking. Like, maybe it's the DJ or maybe he's calling back to... Wherever they are, you know, the, the leader of the rogues or, you know. But why wouldn't the leader of the rogues be there, you know? I, but it seems kind of like he's the leader of the rogues because everybody's listening to him even though they don't want to. Right. So then he's like, yeah, Cyrus had an accident. He's like, uh-huh. So then um, the uh, he's throwing the, bo- throwing the warriors into the bus. And, yeah, the warriors, they all Cyrus. <laughs> so then he's nuts like so there's like a can there's like a liquor store girl or candy store girl or whatever mm-hmm. and they take all this candy and they're walking away and she's like aren't you gonna pay and he turns around and he goes for what <laughs> for what and he throws the candy back yeah and he throws it at her and then you start getting a mental picture that this guy's Nuck and futs. <laughs> Nuck and futs. <laughs> so then Fuckin we're back nuts. we're back to the warriors on the street and they're walking through the orphans territory. <laughs> Alright, so <laughs> we're gonna get into some shit here. Um so they're walking through and of course Ajax wants to fight his way through. And um you know, Swan's telling him to be cool. So then they go to parlay with the orphans. The orphans come out. And Adrian, and Adrian Brody comes out? Dude, right? <laughs> That's his dad. These dudes <laughs> should have called themselves, and this is what I put in my notes, they should have called themselves the meth heads because they <laughs> fucking look like meth addicts. They're oh, all fucked up. They got, they got one short buff dude with a fro. That <laughs> the Blexican. <laughs> the Blexican. It's totally what he looks like. He's got a fro and like this Fu Manchu mustache. No, he's a look. He's a Samoan nigga. And so his only he looks he's, Samoan he's almost. Samoan yeah. and nigga, so he's so, Samoan nigga. I think you know who I think that was. You know, who I think it was Rikishi. No, no, no. I think that was fucking Tony Rocky Horror, <laughs> who later on gets thrown through a four-story window right. by Marcellus. Right. He had a little greenhouse thing at the bottom. Now he talked. Fell through that. <laughs> now you talk different. Now he's got a little bit of speech impediment. Speech impediment, as you hear later on, because there's a part before they throw the Molotov in a little bit, in a few minutes, where he goes, "We're gonna get you, warriors." <laughs> <laughs> totally not the voice you would expect no. to come out of that. Except he's a little pipsqueak, maybe little man syndrome, because he's really buff and he's got the afro. We're gonna get you, warriors. Right. So. um <laughs> The fucking orphans come out and they're eyeing the they're eyeing the fucking warriors, and then one dude in their little pack takes off, and he, um, he snaps or he he makes and the a dude gesture. takes off and one of them goes, 
you know where he's going, right? And he's like, yep, reinforcements. Yep. So then Swan's like, all right, nobody get hot. And they go up and they talk to him. They're like, look, we just want to pass through. And fucking Fox, he shouldn't have took Fox with him. Because Fox opens up his big mouth. And he's like, yeah, some shit went down. We were at that meeting in the Bronx. And shit got crazy. And we're just trying to get home. And then, of course, now the guy's like, what meeting? We didn't hear about no meeting. If there was a meeting, the orphans would have been there. What are you trying to say? You trying to say we're nothing? You trying to say we ain't shit? So then he snaps again. And the Samoan dude comes over. And he must be their PR guy. Because for some reason, he's got a bunch of newspaper clippings Clipping about the pocket. shit they do in their neighborhood. And he's like, see? Even the newspapers write about the orphans. We're hardcore. So they all finally... Um, He's like, you coming to my turf, no parlay, no nothing. He's he like, goes, we're parlaying right we're now. We're parlaying right now, stupid. Right. He's like, come on. Clearly, you don't know gang etiquette, you know. And, right. And I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to pass through. Look, I'm not trying to do anything. So then, yeah, so then Fox opens his mouth, and they're like, um... Yeah, 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 you guys are definitely wrong. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, he, it's funny because he goes, yeah, my, uh, my youth... My youth processor, what, what is it? What is youth the, director. Or my youth director talks about you guys all the time. You're pretty badass. Yeah, because we don't, we don't have one of those. I know. We ain't got one of those. He goes, oh, that's because you're so tough. They're scared of you. And look, he makes a and face this guy, like, uh, I know. And this guy is so fucking stupid, he buys it. Look, he, had, he, look, he looks like Sid from Ice Age. Oh, my God. He totally does. Same eye and everything. Oh, my God. He's like... Oh, you know, we got no problem with you guys. If you want a path, you can. Diego. Diego. Oh, my God. Which was John Leguizamo. Yeah, it's John Leguizamo. So, yeah, so he's like, you know what? That's cool. If you guys come in peace, you ain't ain't no problem letting you guys pass because they kind of stroked his ego a little bit. Mm -hmm. So then here comes Mercy. Mercy me. Mercy fucking me. So Mercy is played by Deborah Van Valkenburg. Oh my God! So, all right. He said, "You know what that is?" Said, no, 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 trouble. no. Yeah, yeah. Well, hang on. Before that, mm-hmm. let's take a second to talk about Deborah Van Valkenburg. Mm-hmm. She was in a show. She played Jackie. I think her name was Jackie. In a show called um, "Too Close for Comfort." Gotcha. You ever heard of this? Never. Do you know who Ted Knight is? No. You remember Caddyshack? Yes. Ted Knight was the guy with the white hair and Caddyshack. They get struck by lightning. Gotcha. That's Ted Knight. Well, he had a sitcom in the 80s -hmm. called Too Close for Comfort. He had two daughters. And um, one of his daughters was Deborah Van Valkenburg. So this was maybe, I'm going to say five years after this movie, four or five years after this movie. Mm -hmm. It was a long-running show. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ted Knight was a cartoonist, and it was was funny. It was... I remember his wife's name was Muriel because it was such a weird name. J.M.J. Bullock was on it. Damn. He was gay. He was one of the first gay characters in a sitcom, I think. Damn. This is kind of groundbreaking. But when I was a little kid, mm-hmm. I had the hugest crush on Deborah Van Valkenburg. You see her nipples through the whole movie, so. Oh, we're about to talk about that. Mm-hmm. I think my parents almost sued Deborah Van Valkenburg over the hospital bills of all the pulled muscles in my arm <laughs> when I was a kid, especially from this movie. So, 
Mercy comes out and she's standing on the steps. Mm-hmm. And here's what I put in the notes. Starting shit in no bra. Right. <laughs> Dude, and her puffy ass nipples are just Look. hanging through that bra, hanging through that shirt, through the whole movie. Whole movie. And I don't know why they did that. They clearly, clearly did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... If the, if those nipples started to soften up at all, somebody ran over there with a fan or some ice. Oh, you or think it was cold she probably had a fluffer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. boop 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 boop. Tune in Tokyo. You, had to keep you there. Yeah, crazy. So, <laughs> as soon as she comes out, that's when they're like, you know what that is, don't you? And he's like, trouble. Nipples? I mean, trouble. <laughs> so then she starts talking shit to the leader of the orphan. She's like, oh, you piece of shit. You're just going to let them walk on through here? You know what that's going to say to every other gang? The orphans ain't shit. Or they ain't just walk through the orphans territory anytime they want. What's wrong with you? Well, you know. So then, so then, of course, the orphans leader, because he's a fucking imbecile. Imbecile. <laughs> he goes, take off your colors and you can walk through. Go on civilians. Dude, I think one of them straight up said, fuck you. No, that's what Did Swan that happen? Said. Yeah, Swan. Swan said, fuck Swan you. Swan says, fuck you. Right. And he goes, we ain't at war. We ain't trying to start war. We just want to get home. Right. This is go as a civilian. Yeah, as a civilian. Take your, you know, like take your, take your colors off, you know, and and they said, yeah, we're not taking off our colors. And they said, we ain't gonna hide who we are. Mm -hmm. So, oh, he goes, we ain't gonna hide who we are because some whore shakes her ass. (laughs) That's what uh, Fox says. And she goes, I ain't no whore. And then all of a sudden, she said, whore. I I wish I'd have cued this up because it would have been perfect and all of a sudden a car drove by and you heard there's some holes in this house there's some holes in this house <laughs> fuck why didn't i cue that up that's perfect oh, there's some holes in this house there's some holes <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you think she had a whap yeah she might oh have my dude man she had one later on in that subway tunnel i'm telling you she was ready to go <laughs> we'll talk about that in a little bit too so um, she's like, I ain't a whore. So then she's, they're walking and she's talking shit the whole time. No, no, no. So what, what, oh, because the, the orphans run in the house. Right. My thought is, how are they orphans and they have a house? Can't be. Wah, wah. <laughs> I think that's time for some bullshit. <laughs> Even though I love this movie. Maybe they just all lived together. They were just a big group of orphans. They were the Lone Rangers. Maybe. That was another game, the Lone Rangers. I was about to say it was something Lone Ranger. No, nah, the Lone Rangers was the name of the band that Brendan Fraser and Adam Sandler and Steve Buscemi were in, in Airheads. Oh. <laughs> and they were like, Lone Rangers? Do you even understand what that means? Like, it's signifying that you're alone. <laughs> so, this is when... They're just like, fuck it, we're out of here. They're and they walking. start walking, and, and she's talking just... shit. Mm-hmm. Go on, keep walking, warriors. Blah, blah, blah. And then, um, oh, that's when she... Um, they disappear. No, before that's when she asked for the vest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's like, like, hey, give me one. Just let me one. give one of them vests. Just one. I'm like, no. It's like, I just, yeah, come on, you can get another one. Swan's like signaling, like, nah. Right? Ain't gonna happen. Yeah, just totally starting shit. Mm-mm. And so then... Um, they're walking, and Ajax is pissed because he wanted to fight him. The guys are a bunch of wimps. <laughs> so Mercy's following them. Mm-hmm. Like she's walking with them. And then um, they kind of duck away and wait for her to come by. And then Ajax grabs her. 
And he's a, he gets a little rapey right yeah, there. for sure. And, you know, because he was saying in the beginning, I hope we run into some poon. Some new ter- he, some that, new guy, new- that guy is all about fighting and fucking. Good. Fighting and fucking. <laughs> fucking and fighting, fighting and fucking. That is what he does. And we're all about that on the 700 Taste Podcast. Yeah. We should put that on a shirt. Somebody told me last night, this is fucking hilarious. He said, he was talking to a girl as a friend. It was my sister's friend. And he was talking to my other sister's friend. Right. He was like, I'm fine. I can fuck and I can fight. Oh, damn. <laughs> I'm a lover and a fighter. I was like, oh, shit, the triple F's. I'm Dude, did you that. notice I've got the uh, the recording program minimized? Because I don't even want to see how long this is going. Oh, yeah. But I'm just, just, we're going for it. Yes. It's the weekend. <laughs> you ain't got no job. <laughs> and there ain't shit to do. So um, they're like, what do you want? And she goes, maybe I'm looking for some action. Some hardcore action or yeah. something. And then, you know, of course, uh, Ajax, is, Ajax is all about it. And then fucking Swan, fucking Swan goes, maybe we ought to pull a train on you. I was like, Holy oh, fuck. Shit. You, you God like damn. It. You probably like it. You probably like it. Yeah. And she's oh, like, shit. well, I ain't going to say I won't. <laughs> but I ain't no whore. I ain't no whore. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. <laughs> Oh, that's oh funny. my god that is funny fuck you cardi b for getting <laughs> that shit stuck in my head so then um i've been walking around all day singing that, that in my head i don't oh my god so um so now the orphans are back mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, you say what you get warriors you say what you get i'm gonna get you warriors <laughs> for I one <laughs> this motherfucker had he had a single blade. Right. <laughs> right. Like, you see what you get, So warriors? then uh, <laughs> <clears throat> they light a Molotov and they throw it. What's his name? <coughs> yeah. Um, uh, shit. Was it Cowboy? No. Vermin? Snow. Snow? Snow had it. Axel? Duff? <laughs> Dizzy? Dopey? Doc? <laughs> Slash. <laughs> so then, yeah, they throw them. This is so funny. They throw the Molotov, and it hits the car, and the car blows up. The warriors start taking off, and they take Mercy with them. But the funny thing about this whole scene, when that car blows up, I feel like the orphans were like, Whoa! Let's calm down. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Holy shit. That car's on fire. <laughs> we what the fuck, guys? Up. What the fuck, man? My mom's going to ground me for this shit. Yo, could you imagine being... It's a Buick Skylark. You know what those things cost? (laughs) Could you imagine being that guy? You wake up in the morning and you're like... (laughs) What the fuck happened to my car? What the fuck happened? Orphans! (laughs) Why I I like I feel like the leader was like, time out. Whoa! Things have gotten way out of hand here, guys. Holy crap. I just wanted to give you a close shave. God damn. <laughs> they look on their face and they scatter. They're like, oh, shit. That shit was funny. And you know what happened? I guarantee you, they took credit for that shit the next day. Yeah, we blew that car up. <laughs> Ran some guys off. Hey, you know. hey uh, <laughs> Tony Rocky Horror. <laughs> Make sure you clip that newspaper clipping and put it in your pocket. <laughs> Keith forgot to show it to anybody. Laminated. <laughs> Laminated. The last one. Let's just all... get all wrinkled up. <laughs> we need to be pristine. It's hot out here. You're getting sweaty. 
And newspaper sticking together, god damn it. Look, it smells Looks like, like you're playing with city putty on your hand. The newspaper's backwards. The fucking print is backwards on your hand. Can't even read it. Can't read it. It's on my pinky. Can't read it. The comics are on the other side. Popeye's all fucked up. I was going to say Dilbert, but that was, you know. That was before Dilbert. Yeah, Popeye. Hagar's horrible. Terrible. So, for some reason, they take they take Mercy with them. I don't. I, there's a couple reasons I think they took her, but uh, you know what? I, if you know what I mean, and I think you she do. She likes it. She liked it. It. So uh, they're back. They're back on the train. No pun intended. Not the train that they were talking about earlier. Mm-mm. The ho train. Mm-hmm. There's some holes in this house. There's, There's some, some holes, holes in this house. <laughs> My God. We need to stop. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to have a Cardi B episode. It's not going to Chilling at the Holiday Inn. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, not like uh, the Godfather from WWF, remember? Right. The whole the, train. The whole train. <laughs> Pimping ain't easy. <laughs> so, they're back on the train now. And now the riffs are getting another update. Uh, they ran into some fucking uh, meth heads called the Orphans, and uh, they blew up a car, and, and I think they singed Tony Rocky Horror's afro. <laughs> he said, good, they're not even in our syndicate. Yeah, he's like, he's like, the Orphans, and the dude's like, who the fuck are the Orphans? The fuck? <laughs> the who? <laughs> the what? So now, <laughs> the what? <laughs> the who? <laughs> Mike Mike Jones? We went right to uh, Jay Z. The nigga what? Nigga who? Oh, so uh, shit. now we're back to Luther on the goddamn phone again. And who's he talking to? So he's like, "So yeah, every cop's out there." Blah blah blah. And, he, and his dude. So this dude with the tattoo on his neck mm. is like, because he's saying like every cop in the city's out looking for everybody and the warriors and blah 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 and he's laughing and then he goes how come you're so happy and fucking luther's like i'm having a good time he was like so what because i think the first time he's on the phone he tells dude he's like uh we got to go out and look for him you know yeah the off cyrus just so you can you know Feel good about it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Shit like that. I really wish they would have explained who he was talking to. So, yeah, but he's like, I'm having a good time. And uh, this is the part where Vermin is looking because the train is stopped. Right. So, Vermin, I even got that in my notes. It says, Vermin is sick of waiting for trains. (laughs) Goddamn trains. All these goddamn snakes. I'm sick of these. Goddamn trains. I'm sick of these motherfucking orphans. All these motherfucking trains. <laughs> I'm sick of her motherfucking nipples. All these motherfucking trains. Dude, I, I'm not going to lie to you. When I was 12 or 13 years old, and I saw dude, Had I had this on VHS, that would totally would have been a pause and toss moment for me. Because I'm not going to lie to you. That shit stuck with me for years <laughs> after this. For years. Yo, pink sheer top. Dude, seriously. For years after this. Um, okay, that being said, I'll let you guys fill those blanks in as you please. My arm hurts. Um, so they're trying to get to the 96th Street Station. No, 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 Grand Central Station. No, it was 96th Street. No, it's Central Station. Mm-mm. They're like, I'll thumb wrestle you for it. They got to go. They got 
because they got to make it to because because I specifically wrote it down because they see the sign that says 96th Street Station later on. Got you, but uh, it, it, remember that he says if we split up, we all meet at ninety. I think it was no, 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 no. That was um. It, wa- it wasn't Grand Central Station though. Oh, it's it's something because I honestly think I don't know New York that well, mm-hmm. but I don't think Grand Central Station's in the Bronx. Yeah, but no, I'm and, not sure. And if Grand any of you guys out there, are Guidos from New York, and you want to fill us in on where Grand Central Station is, I know that um, we used to go drinking here at Graham Central Station. Remember that place? I do. Um, let's see. Let's see. In the nineties. He's Googling it right now. Because I know he says they say something about if they get split up. They meet at... Uh, I have it written down here later on, but I don't remember what it was. But it wasn't Grand Central. But anyway, they're at the 96th Street Station now, and they hear footsteps. And who do those footsteps belong to? The fuzz. The it's pig. the fuzz. It's the cops. So, uh... <laughs> Ajax... Straight up kicks a cop right down the stairs. This is New York. Sparta. <laughs> so, I gotta say, the cops in this movie, every single last one of them, is just incompetent. Like, hey, come back here. Oh, Union Square. Union Square. Yes, that is absolutely it. Did you look up where Grand Central Station was? Uh, so Grand Central Station is in like the heart of Manhattan. Ah, uh, okay. Pardon us for not knowing anything about New York. We're, right. Uh, here in the outlands of Arizona. Right. Where the closest thing we got to that is the light rail. Mm-hmm. And it don't even go all the way through. It stops somewhere. I don't know. They do do an event every year. No pants on the light rail, which is really weird. Everybody gets on the light rail with no pants. I don't know why, but. It is what it is, I guess. So he kicks a cop down the stairs is the point I'm trying to make. And uh, everybody splits up. So um, this is where Fox dies. Because he somehow ends up with um, Mercy. And they're running. And this is where her hand gets broken. Her wrist gets broken from the trivia. Oh, right, right, right. And he starts fighting with a cop. And she takes off running. And... um, I remember this fucked me up when the first time I watched this when I was like 12 or 13, mm-hmm. when he got thrown in front of that subway train oh. and died, that fucked me up a little bit. I was like, holy shit. Even watching sucks. it today, I was like, yeah, damn it's, and they do it in slow motion. Like, <laughs> I was like, damn, that sucks. So then mercy runs and now we're back to uh swan Ajax and cowboy. And um, Snow is with them. Mm-hmm. And they're running, and they run into the Furies. And that's where they take off, and they're running from the Furies. And I love the music they're playing while they're running from the Furies. It's so fucking intense. It's just like everything else in this movie. It's so intense and so gritty and so horror movie-ish. I feel like it could be right out of a slasher movie. Right. It was so fucking good. In fact, I need to find the soundtrack to this movie and buy it. I don't own it, but I need to because it's so freaking amazing. The music during this is so cool. So then Ajax, that's the part in the beginning where he goes, Cowboy's like, I can't keep up. And Ajax goes, are you sure? He's like, yeah. He goes, good. Good. I love the way he's so trite about it. Good. 
I'm tired of running for these wimps. <laughs> Fucking faggots. <laughs> yeah. So then he turns around and they start fighting. And he tells the, and it's so stupid. They're like all, all dramatic with their the bats, bats, like yes. showing it out in front of him and like twirling it around. You would think they're part of the mimes, right? <laughs> well, they got the makeup for it. You see this bat? So then, um, <laughs> and that's when Ajax goes, "I'm gonna shove that bat up your ass and make you into a popsicle." <laughs> <laughs> so now Swan and Snow, they went in a different direction. They like cut off. And then um, he and Swan, um, they beat up um, one of the other guys, and they come to the they they end up running into one where Swan ends up with a baseball bat because mm-hmm. he beats the guy and takes it from him. So then Cowboy gets his ass kicked, and then um, Ajax is fighting with the Furies, and then Swan and Snow come back to the rescue. And they pretty much kick the Furies' asses. Like, they take their baseball bats from them and beat them half to death with them. So now we switch to another radio update. And she's like, in sports news, um, the Warriors got past the uh, Furies. They're past second base, and they're trying to head home. I think at this point, she's actually rooting for them. Almost, yeah, right? Because you hear it. You kind of hear first it. two updates. And look what I have in my notes now. A day late and a dollar <laughs> Union. short. Union <laughs> Square is where they're trying to meet up. Mm-hmm. I knew I had it written down somewhere. So then... Um, She's hard depicting what that chicken scratch is, huh? Dude, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so then... Um, I forgot his name was Cochise. It's Cochise, right? It's Cochise. I wrote Vermin, Village People Dude, and Other Fro Guy, which I know now is Rembrandt, are the only ones at Union Square. Mm-hmm. So Vermin, Village People Dude, and Other Fro Guy. So it's Vermin, uh, Cochise, and Rembrandt. They're the only ones there. And then they look over, and there's a group of girls standing there. And they go over to talk to him. They're like, what's up, ladies? How's it going? You know who Cochise... Oh, you don't mind not get this. You know who Cochise reminds me of? You, you never saw Welcome Back, Cotter, huh? Mm-hmm. We know this from the Pulp Fiction episode. Right. Cochise really reminds me of Washington from Welcome Back, Cotter. But I guess that doesn't make any sense if you've never seen the show. If you guys haven't seen it, I apologize for being old. So, they're like, hey, girls, what's up? They're like, hey, we're the Lizzies. And that should have cued them off right away. Right. The Lizzies? Really? The boys are back in town. <laughs> so they're like, all right. You, you know, so then. The right. <laughs> so then the other four are still moving through the park. And um, there's a chick sitting on the park bench. And Ajax decides he's going to go over and try and get a little. And Swan's like, we ain't got time for this. He goes, I'll catch up, whatever. I'm going to let off a little steam. Okay, so they're walking away, and then Cowboy and Snow are like, hey, he kind of saved our asses. We better go look out for him. We're going to go back and watch out for him. So Swan's like, okay, whatever. So they go back just in time to see that he's hitting on the chick, and then she's like, man, look at all them muscles. She's kind of leading him on, and then he kind of, jumps on her again kind of rapey and she's like whoa slow down we'll get to it he goes i'm gonna get to it now i like it rough and then she handcuffs him to the the bench bench because she's a cop 
Whoa, baby, I ain't that freaky. I ain't that freaky. Right. Man. Whoa, 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 shit. I might be a freak and let you get on top of me. <laughs> I'm Tupac on that one. I see. How do you want it? <laughs> raw. <laughs> anyway, oh, baby, I like it raw. That's how we do yeah, it. Yeah, baby, I like it raw. That's how we do it on the 700 Taste Podcast. We do it raw, <laughs> in the raw, and live like a goddamn suicide. <laughs> oh, shit. Dude, I'm, I'm digging this episode. Yeah, this, for sure. I love this movie so much. Yes. I'm hyped. So, Cowboy and Snow see him getting busted but the cops all show up and he's like you can't do this to me what are you doing and he's fighting and with yeah. one hand and he's trying to drag the bench <laughs> like he's gonna drag oh, the bench oh, oh. so then the cops come and the cop like decks him and he's like I knew you were a wimp <laughs> fucking faggot fucking faggot <laughs> so they watch him get busted and he's like you fucking wimp and then um, now Swan's walking solo and this is the part I was talking about earlier where he's walking mm-hmm. down the, the little thing there and he runs back into Mercy. And that's where she's got the jacket on. Right. To cover the Broken cast arm. on her oh, the wrist. wrist. Yeah. And he's like, where'd you get that coat? She's like, I stole it. And um, he's like, okay, now you're a thief and a whore. A whore. <laughs> a whore. So then um, she's like, let me go with you. And he's like, I don't need you. And she's like, come on, I can help you get to the train. I know the way. So then... Um, they start walking together and they, they run into another cop. <laughs> this is so cool. The cop, I was saying, the cops in this movie are so stupid and so, like, I don't know. The cop's running towards Swan. Swan throws the bat at him <laughs> at his, and trips him with it. Say, like his He's like, wah, 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 and trips the cop. And the cop's like, oh, damn it. <laughs> so then more cops show up and they. So now they're running from the cops. So then we cut back to the other guys, Cochise, Vermin, and uh, Rembrandt. They're hanging out with the Lizzies. And they're like, where are you dudes? And they're like, they're lame. Real cripples, man. (laughs) (laughs) This is so 70s. You know what this reminded me of? Did you ever watch Fat Albert? Mm -hmm. And he's like, you remind me of school on Saturday. What you mean school on Saturday? No class. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, they're lame. Real cripples. <laughs> so, man, them jive turkeys. Stop, I say them jive-ass jive turkeys. turkeys. <laughs> so then they're partying with them, and they got music going, and they're drinking. So then this is where Rembrandt's like, hey, man, shouldn't we be getting out of here? And they're like, are you kidding me? Look at all this fucking poon we got around and we're drowning in it drowning you know? in it so then he wants to go meet up with the others like they're gonna be looking for us he looks real like, antsy like oh, yeah he's like come on man I don't like pussy one of these girls is gonna try to make out with me <laughs> so then uh, we cut back to Swan and Mercy and they're walking through the subway tunnels cause that's how they got away from the cops and they're kinda getting to know each other here and then she proves that she really is a, and I put, she's a hua, H-U-A. <laughs> she's like, he, he's like, what's with you? And she's like, I want what I want. And I want something now. She goes, I see what the future holds. A big belly, five kids, a house full of roaches. I don't want that. She's pretty much she's like, I just want to get laid. You know, she goes, I want what I want and I get it. What's wrong with that? You know what I mean? Don't slut shame me. (laughs) 
So then they start kissing, and the train's going by, and it's kind of romantic because they got the lights of the train and the rumbling, and they're making out. And then she wants to get down right there. Did you catch that? Yes, she definitely wanted. She's it. like, "Come on, baby," and um, he he's not into it. He's like, "No, we gotta we gotta get going." And she's like, "Come on, real quick!" Just like, dude, she's like. <laughs> On, Let's on. get it on. Like, them nipples are popping out. She's ready mm-hmm. to go. She's like, this train ain't the only thing going down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so then he tells her, you know what? You're just part of everything happening tonight, and it's all bad. And they're kind of getting it. But there's, there's, and here's where we're going to start getting deep on this. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of romance going on there. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of give and take, push and shove, sexual tension type of you know what I mean? Like, he's kind of into her, but he knows what kind of girl she is, so he doesn't want to be into her. Right. And she knows what kind of girl she is, and she's not ashamed of it, but she's really into Swan now, mm-hmm. and she's thinking, maybe this can be something more than what I have with ever. Because he's like, I think at this point, I think this is where he goes, why don't you just strap a mattress to your back? You know what I He tells her that, and then he's like... That's when she says... The, he's uh, like, I bet you don't even remember everybody you're after you're with them. And she's like, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. And it's like, God damn. <laughs> like, what? he's talking about the next day. Like, you don't even remember their names, you know? Right. So, they're kind of going back and forth, and he's like, I know who you are, I know what you're like, and I don't like that I like you. And it's kind of going the same way with her. Like, you're just another dude. I don't. I shouldn't have feelings for you, cause so you gotta dig back in this. I bet you some fucked up shit happened to Mercy when she was a kid. Mm-hmm. I bet she was a victim of abuse, maybe by her dad, mm-hmm. maybe by somebody close to her, like a counselor or one of these youth workers, right. or maybe all of the above. Like she's just been getting passed around, and that's all she thinks about that she's good for because that's all she's ever known. Right. And she's saying, I'm going to get fat. I'm going to have a bunch of kids and I'm going to live in an apartment full of roaches because that's what everybody around me in my station in life does because that's what I'm from. It's all I know. And I, before I get there, I'm going to have some fucking fun before I, I land. This is a big commentary on how life was and probably still is in a lot of places in New York as well as across the country. Right. She just described the whole single mom, five kids, probably from five different dads. She's lost her look. She doesn't have what she used to have or whatever. She's living in a roach-infested place, and she doesn't want it, but she knows that's the only thing she's looking forward to, mm-hmm. which is why she left with the Warriors because she wanted to leave that shit behind. Even if it's somewhere else, right. it's better than where she was because everybody there knows her. They know what she is. They know what she does. And maybe she wants a new start. It's kind of what she was getting out. She's like, maybe I'm I looking some for hardcore. some new action. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So maybe she's trying to start over. Mm-hmm. And she wants to start over with Swan. Maybe. That's the way we're kind of reading into it. Definitely. So back to the Lizzie's party. So I put, uh, I think Fro Dude is gay, which we know now is uh, Rembrandt. Rembrandt. I, so if if you think about the actual Rembrandt as the artist. <coughs> right. Was he gay? I don't know. All those artists were, I think. Right. So I think that maybe his name even alludes to. Right. You know. Right. Said well, I think they called him Rembrandt because he was the tagger. 
But I'm saying, well, that being his name. Exactly, as well and as, yeah. I, I do know, um, like I watched uh, The Get Down right. on Netflix, right? Uh-huh. It was a, a show about kind of like how hip-hop started right in the Bronx. and, and Oh, yeah, hell yeah. And New York just in general, right? right. And um, uh, Will Smith's son, Jaden Smith, plays one of the rappers or whatever. Oh, nice. So just so happened he's a tagger in the... Um, in the movie, in the, in the the series or whatever, and he's gay. Oh, I got you. Okay. So I I think taggers were possibly associated with that. That's what I, uh, I take away maybe. from this. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Well, you know, yeah, because they're kind of artsy. I don't know yeah, if that's a stereotype like, or not. But I don't know. But it was it was something when I when I saw him, especially watching the get down, I automatically associated the two. Ah, I see what you're saying. Like, oh, maybe I think they were just trying to show different right. aspects of that time period. Right. You know, so you have the hardcore guy. Yeah. You have um, the village people guy. You know, Cochise. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's real Afrocentric. Oh yeah. You know, because that's what I think of when yep. I think of you know, when I look at Cochise, I think of that that brother that can tell you about some shit. You right. Know, even though he's dressed as. Hey a, man, let's rap for a minute. <laughs> what you yeah. got? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so I think that you know with the just the um the how the warrior gang breaks down you have the different there's a little bit of everything of you know and the, I like how they were multiracial right I really like that too right a whole melting uh, that, pot of because people. Rembrandt looks like kind of maybe Puerto Rican half mm-hmm. black type thing going on there mm-hmm. and then um, yeah just the white dudes and they got a cowboy guy I'm about to say so you have. You have the white, you have the Polak, you have you right. know, the, the Jew. Right. You have... Uh, Jufro. Right. I'm like, you have... Fell in front of the train. Um, What's... Uh, Cleon. You know, Cleon he, he seemed badass. Like, like he was like a dude from... Uh, like South West Africa Indies or something or some almost. Yeah, yeah, he's dark. Right. He had that whole uh, gorilla fighter look about him. <laughs> he had the fucking bandana with the thing around it. Right. Yeah. So you could tell... They 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 were all it was a smorgasbord of right. People. So this is where um, the Lizzies kind of have them where they want them now, mm-hmm. and they bring up the fact that they offed Cyrus, mm-hmm. and that's when they start pulling out weapons and they're like, "These chicks are packing," <laughs> and then Rembrandt gets cut on the arm, oh. and they ah, oh. like, oh, <laughs> right, you faggot. So then. Um, <laughs> They start just beating the living shit out of the Lizzie's to get out of there. <laughs> They're throwing them over tables and fucking punching them, body slamming Yo, them, throwing them around. If they would have did this shit in slow-mo. Right? And the one chick's just firing off. Pop, pop. Pop, pop. Pop, pop. And then she's dead. And they're just, oh, my God. They... She's, this is the only person that has a gun so far. Right? Yes. <laughs> it's the Besides, girl. Besides, uh... uh uh, Luther, <laughs> besides Cobra Man, yeah. So, um, oh shit, she was packing, packing. Right. So they finally get out of there, and then um, Cochise is like, "We got to hold it together," you know. And that's when they figure out that they've been framed for killing Cyrus because now he's like, "Dude, did you hear what they said?" They were like, "They think we killed Cyrus." Every gang in the city is probably out looking for us. They're like, we got to get to Union Station and let everybody know. Mm-hmm. So they take off. So now Swan's by himself again, walking through the station. 
Here we are, <laughs> saying goodbye at the station. No? No. That's Let's an old song. Cool. Okay, never mind. You got it. You got Summer it. vacation is taking you away. <laughs> <laughs> so Swan's alone again in the station, and then, oh, here comes the roller skating overall dudes. Here comes Jim Carrey. Right? The one guy's <laughs> following him. I can't unsee it now that you've said it. Like, I never ever made that connection but now that you've said it he does kind of look like maybe a mongoloid jim carrey <laughs> with that stupid hair yes but um she comes up so now fucking uh mercy comes back and she was like hey did you notice my nipples <laughs> no i'm just through my jacket He's like, how can I not? <laughs> You've got a fluffer off stage keeping that shit on. How can I not? So she goes, hey, them dudes are watching you. Yeah, she said <laughs> it. Real, real fucking Bronx accent. Right. Like them dudes are watching you. Real funny. Especially when she's yelling at him saying, I know what kind of girl I am. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It'd be a shame, you know, if something happens to you when you's out there. <laughs> But I ain't no whore. No whore. <laughs> no, you are. I'm not a whore. You, you, you definitely are. And she was like, later on when he was banging her, she was like, hit it harder, baby. I ain't made out of glass. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. So he's like, yeah, idiot. Now they know that I know, though. Thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> It's like you welcome. I was just saying. Then, so if if I'm not mistaken, I, I don't think know when she turned into uh, the Fran guy Richard. from Family Guy. You no, know, <laughs> the kid's dad from Family Guy. Oh, oh I need an apple teeny. Oh God. Oh, God. <laughs> so if I'm not mistaken, like dude on the roller skates is like roller skating around, almost like. Oh my God! Like, like Xanadu a... and shit, <laughs> fucking circles and throwing his leg out. I was like, oh, Jesus, here we go. Xanadu. Look, I'd be like, I'm going to beat the shit out of this guy. Oh, my, right? I'm going to fuck him up I'm something terrible. shove this bat up your ass like a popsicle. <laughs> so then finally, though, the others show up. Cowboy and Rembrandt and, uh, I mean, Cowboy and Snow show up. And they're like, let's find Swan. And they run into... The other dudes, right? Uh, which ones? Um, they meet up with the other three guys. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. With uh, Rembrandt and Cochise and Vermin. That's when Mercy catches up to Swan, and she's like, those guys are watching you. And he's like, yeah, now there they we know. Go. So now the other guys show up all together, and the gang's back together again. And Swan and Mercy kind of make up. Boys are back in town. Boys, Boys are back in town. And she's like, oh, God. Do you got time to give it to me before you fight these guys real quick? But I ain't no whore. But I brought a mattress. It's on my back. <laughs> and I think I got a whap. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know what a WAP means yet, but I'm sure it'll make sense in about 40 years. <laughs> my God. <laughs> I got a bad case of the Cardi B's, but if you use protection, it should be okay. 
<laughs> There's a Dane. Oh my God. Here we go. There's a Dane Cook thing where he's like, uh, you're about to have sex with the chick. And she's like, Hey, uh, I have herpes. And then you're like, uh, okay. Uh, what side's it on? Like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I can wedge a book in there or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, cut. my God. So, anyway, I, I went back a little ways on that one. So, now they all go into the men's room. Mm-hmm. We got a meeting in the men's room. <laughs> Be back real soon. They go in the men's room, and it's totally, they're, they're setting these guys up. Mm-hmm. So, then the roller skating guys follow them in, and... uh they're obviously hiding in the stalls, and they're trying to figure out which ones they're in. And the one guy kicks open the stall, and Rembrandt's there, and he totally spray paints the guy in the face. <laughs> and he's like, this isn't the first time I've sprayed all over a guy's face. <laughs> Don't you know bathroom etiquette? <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, guys, there's a glory hole in here. <laughs> you want to join? Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> God damn it, Rembrandt. You and Mercy, get out here. <laughs> we was waiting at the glory hole and nothing happens. <laughs> oh, man. So then this part's cool because then there's full-on gang fight. And the Warriors kick some major ass. They whoop these guys up one side and down the other. It's what they get for wearing fucking overalls and roller skates. It's bad enough that you wear one or the other, but you're, when you wear them together and you look like Jim Carrey, you deserve an ass whooping. Ass whooping. And this is the cool part where uh, where it does like the dramatic, you know, Steve Austin fucking slow-mo. <laughs> right. Well, here's the other thing. I Something else I noticed that maybe I didn't notice before watching this now. Uh, Mercy mm-hmm. was damn near coming on herself watching them fight. Oh, Did you get that? I, I wasn't even paying attention. She's really getting off on this. It's like, hardcore shit. Huh? She's like, get him. Yeah, get him. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Jump on that guy's back. Yeah. So Roll his ass over But here. seriously, she is fucking it. Dude. Like, it's almost orgasmic to her. Go back and watch it. Mm. She is so fucking excited to watch this. It really reminded me of the old school 1960s Batman TV series when (laughs) Catwoman would send her goons against Batman and Robin Mm. and they'd be fighting, pow, smash, yeah. And Catwoman would just be on the sidelines going, get him, get him, like with her claws, (laughs) doing that thing with her claws going, yeah, Mm. get him. Get him. But the beginning of the fight would always be her going, get him, boys. And all the guys would run out and they'd start playing that music. It was always the same music. Yeah. Bang. So, um, dude, she's totally, totally getting off on this. Like, I think she tried to sit down later and like slid away. Like she got on if it's so bad. So now we have another riff update. They're like, uh, wait, wait, wait. Again, that, that stylized part where dude gets flipped in the stall. Oh, yes. Oh, oh dude. Shit. Right? Like that part. If you sure. smell. <laughs> what the rock? He's cooking. <laughs> Jabroni. <laughs> dude, yeah, that was some crazy. Because, like, that dude, shot was so badass. I feel like this fight scene mm-hmm. was the antithesis of the whole movie. 
everything was building up to this. Like you saw the Warriors fighting kind of sporadically mm-hmm. here and there to get through. Close proximity But this time, now. the entire fucking gang was there. They were organized. They went in the bathroom. They waited for those guys to come. They laid the trap. They fucking sprung, and they whooped their asses. It was fucking awesome. They were working as a, a tight, cohesive a, unit. Unit. And, uh, yeah, it, was, it really showed you how tight the Warriors were, mm-hmm. and they knew what they were doing. They just weren't some punk gang from Coney Island. They were the real fucking deal. Damn the right. real goddamn deal. Damn right. So they now we have a the outfit. That's what they were right. You guys are the dudes. <laughs> oh my God. You guys are a really heavy outfit. So then now we have another riff update. Hey, uh, those dudes in the uh, overalls and, and skates led by Jim Carrey, uh, they got their asses kicked. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody came all over the bathroom, but we don't know who. And uh, there's a glory hole. <laughs> that is all. So now, um, there's a. I've been waiting for this. This is the part where he goes, We got somebody here who knows what really happened. And um, the guy's like, What? Who is it? And guess what? It's like, I thought you had somebody. I can't see anybody. I can't see him. That's what he was saying to the rogues. Your time is now. Uh, I figured we hadn't had a John Cena in a couple, right, right. in a little while. So it was time to do it. The other one, so the other one you kept playing was, uh, what, it was the song. Um, oh, for the one episode. Damn, what was his name? Fuck, I can't remember now, but it was funny. Yes, because I was I was expecting the John Cena, and he played. Yes. Damn it. I can't remember what it was either. Holy shit, that's sad. And somebody's screaming at their phone right now. Hey, what? Yeah. Uh, right. You did it. You can't even remember. You dumbasses. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Uh, so the guy that's there, I'm really convinced, because they're like, he knows who really shot Cyrus. It's the dude that Cobra guy was yelling at earlier with the tattoo on his neck. It was one of the rogues. Mm-hmm. He turned his own dudes in. He was the one that was like, why are you so happy? He's like, I'm having a good time. It was that guy. Uh, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think it is him. And they were like, who are those guys? <laughs> anyway, that was my bad, Peter Griffin. So anyway, oh man, I'm so glad I slipped that John Cena in there. That was great. <laughs> That's so they're like, we know who really did it, and then they have a shot of him, and it's almost like, dun-dun-dun. All right. This may be the most important scene of the whole movie coming up. Mm-hmm. So now the Warriors and Mercy are back on the subway. Mm-hmm. Mercy and uh, Swan are sitting together, and everybody else kind of spread out, whatever. So um, they're filthy. They've been running all night. They're dirty. They actually show Mercy's legs, and they're yeah, like they're all cruddy, super dirty. But it's somehow sexy anyway. And um, they're kind of sitting there. And they're beat up, man. They're tired. downtrodden. They're fucking tired. They're sweaty. They probably smell, and they're just uh. They don't know what's gonna happen next. Are we really gonna make it? Right. And um, two couples that look like they're probably coming from a prom get on the subway and they're in like 
these horrible powder blue tuxedos oh. and these horrible dresses and the hair and so 70s <laughs> and um they get on the subway and they sit across from Swan. mercy and swan mm-hmm. and um I'm trying to figure out um, how to say this. This is the most important scene in the whole movie, I think. And um, she goes to fix her hair, like, because the guys are kind of, well, before, okay, so before that happens, they're talking, and she's saying, I think it was her that was saying, it's, um, no, it wasn't her. I'm going to tell you who said this, and you tell me, well, I'm going to tell you this line, and you tell me who it was. Mm-hmm. They were saying, it's all out there. All you got to do is figure out what's worth stealing. They were talking about Cyrus. Right, right, right. Somebody was like, Cyrus was right. I think it might have been Vermin. Yes, because, yeah, because it, it sounds like something Fox He was talking said, to, but... like, Cowboy or somebody. Mm-hmm. He was like, Cyrus, oh, no, you know what? I think it might have been Cochise. He was like, Cyrus was right, right, man. We got it all. It's all out there. We just got to take it. We just got to figure out what's worth stealing. And um, they look scared. Mm-hmm. Um, they look vulnerable, right? That they, is definitely the the feeling on the because they've had a fuck of a night, mm-hmm. and there's a kind of innocence there, like you see, because they were talking about having a youth worker. Mm-hmm. These guys are supposed to be in their late teens, I think, right? Maybe early twenties, maybe they're still kids, right? And they are living this incredibly rough lifestyle, fast, life, incredibly too. fast, dangerous, life threatening. Every day. And they've obviously been through some shit because they all throw down like motherfuckers. Right. No fucks given. You right. know what I mean? Right. And they're they're defeated at this point. They're disheartened. They just want to go home. Right. They're a bunch of kids that just want to go home. And when he's talking about that, it really is showing a vulnerable side of this group that we've been watching throw down all night. Right. They're just like, I'm so tired, I just want to be done. And there's kind of a, a, a weird innocence there. Mm-hmm. Even with Swan and Mercy kind of huddling up together, like holding on to each other. Right. So now the prom couple gets on the train. And they're wearing the bad tuxedos and the bad dresses, but they're laughing. Ah! And um, they sit down right across from Swan and Mercy. And they're staring at each other. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the smiles on the, on the let's just call it out, the rich white kids, mm-hmm. the smiles kind of fade away. And they're like, oh, and they're literally staring each other down. This is literally a class comparison. Yep. We got the clean, rich white kids mm-hmm. sitting right across from the gang couple mm-hmm. that's filthy and been fighting for their lives all night and have never known anything but poverty. They had to fight, scratch, and claw for everything they've ever gotten. And they're mirrored images of each other. So we go from happy to miserable. Um, there's an uncomfortable silence. I wrote this is a perfect example of, and I'm going to get kind of deep here, the haves versus the have-nots. Definitely. And um, it's very uncomfortable, and they're staring, and this is great. Mm-hmm. Mercy reaches up to, to fix, fix her, her hair, hair, and Swan... Grabs her. Like, he doesn't grab her. Or he, he takes it very gently and puts it down. Mm-hmm. First off, there's two meanings here, I think. Okay. One was, Mercy has been trained. 
If a man is staring at you, you put on the fucking... The charm. Yeah, you... Like, she'd have been like, you want some, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think this was Swan saying, that is no longer you, now you're mine. Your old life is over, you're mine. Gotcha. You don't need to be primping for this dude. You don't need to be trying to make yourself look nice or try to hit on him Mm -hmm. or because that's what you're expected to do. That is no longer your life. Gotcha. The second thing you can read into this is Swan was saying, fuck them. You're fine. You don't, you you are are. fine just the way you are. Mm -hmm. You're beautiful just how you are. And you don't have to improve yourself for these white rich fucks. Mm Mm-hmm. At all. He said, I like it with a little smell on it. Right? Put some stank on it. Thanks for dropping that right into my serious diatribe here. The one serious thing I tried to do in this whole podcast. So you could take it either way. You could take it both ways. It might have been a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. But either way, Swan was saying, you're good enough. Right. Fuck you. Right. Fuck them. Right. Fuck this whole night. Mm -hmm. Fuck it all. You know? And... Because after he does that, she kind of nuzzles up to him a little bit. So then the rich white kids, they're all fucking uncomfortable. And they get up and get off the train. And the girl's corsage falls off by the door. Mm -hmm. And they kind of do a shot on it. Like, this is important. So Mercy closes her eyes and kind of puts her head on Swan's shoulder. Mm -hmm. And then when she opens them, they're gone. So she had closed her eyes before that, before they got off the train. And when she opened them, they were gone. Here's what I wrote. The dream was over. It was almost like, so we have the poor people sitting on the one side Mm -hmm. and her eyes are closed. So it's almost like this privileged life, this I'm going to prom and I, you know, we probably had an expensive dinner and we bought prom tickets and now I'm probably going to get laid in a hotel room somewhere. That's I've got lots of money or my parents have lots of money. I've had a good life. I've never had to want for anything. That's almost like her dream life versus her real life. And she closes her eyes and that's her dream. Mm -hmm. But when she opens her eyes and looks over, there's nobody in the seats. Right. The dream is over. She's back to her real life, her reality where she's dirty. They've been fighting all night. She doesn't know where she's going. She's going home with, swan but she doesn't even know what that is she doesn't know it's waiting for her mm-hmm. if he's gonna still want her when they get off the train and all will you still love me tomorrow lots of songs in this one that's a good soundtrack right, right, so anyway right. um so then there's a beautiful shot of the sun rising mm-hmm. over coney island beautiful you know what i think that is what's that that is the light at the end of the tunnel yes um it's a beautiful shot of the sunrise, the Wonder Wheel on Coney Island. It's daybreak. Mm-hmm. Gonna fuck totally, up. totally signaling the end of this movie. It's daybreak. Mm-hmm. The night's over. Your fighting is over. And this was in a strike, stark contrast. It's the same shot of the Wonder Wheel. Yeah, it starts. It's gonna. But end. the sun is coming up. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, it's already the the it's black of night. The mm-hmm. Wonder Wheel is lit up. It's full of people. It's going around. 
Now the sun is coming up. The Wonder Wheel is not moving. It's empty. All the people have gone home, but he's still coming home to Coney Island. Mm-hmm. And the sun is rising. So it's a stark contrast from the beginning of the movie to the end of the I'm movie. I'm about to say where it starts. Beautifully now, done. now ends yes, there. Beautifully done. We've come full circle. Full fucking circle. So the boardwalk is empty. I love this boardwalk because it's very reminiscent of the Lost Boys. Yes. Even though that boardwalk was in Santa, Santa Cruz. It's Santa Cruz, California. They were calling it Santa Carla, but right. that's the boardwalk at Santa Cruz. But it's the same kind of with the roller coaster and the big Ferris wheel Here. and that wide shot. Mm. Yeah. Very, very reminiscent of the Lost Boys. And I love that because that's one of my favorite movies. So now they get off the train. And as they're getting off, Swan looks down and the, the corsage is laying there mm-hmm. and he picks it up and he puts it on her. Thus signifying even more, I have laid claim to you. You are my lady. You are my lady. <laughs> so this is kind of like a, the actual, like we're making this formal, mm-hmm. giving you this corsage. We're joining together kind of mm-hmm. as an actual couple. And... Here's a little bit of that dream that you had. Mm-hmm. A little bit left over. It's not much, but it's all I can give you. Very, very metaphorical, and I love it. Mm-hmm. And also, a back to the class thing, he's picking up the discards of the rich, mm-hmm. but it's still good and it's still usable. You know, I think about, remember Mr. Wendell? From... That song, Mr. Wayne. Oh. What was that band's name? Oh, man, I can't. Somebody's dropping their phone again. Right? Mr. Window. Uh, 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 uh. And the album, I can even see it was called like Three Days, 65 Nights, and Two Years in the Life of. Oh, man. Arrested Development? Arrested Development, yes. But there's a there's a line where he says something like, but he eats what I throw away, mm-hmm. you know. Um, he goes, $2 is a snack for me, but it means a great deal to you. Because <laughs> it's all about the plight of the homeless and the poor. Right. This is the same kind of thing. He's picking up what was not even discarded. It fell off and she forgot about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's, it's again, a have and a have not thing. I'm picking this up and it's still of value and I want you to have it. Because you are my lady. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, she goes, and this is great. This is perfect too. Mercy goes, what's this for? What's this for? And he goes, I hate seeing anything go to waste. Dude, if you're looking at this romantically, this is fucking amazing. Like I wrote down in my notes, mercy metaphorically is the corsage. Mm -hmm. She's been tossed aside, thrown away. But she's still good. Good enough. She's still good enough. And Swan knows that. And that's Mm -hmm. why he's saying, I hate seeing anything go to waste. Mm -hmm. Fucking beautiful. If you could take that out of this, that's fucking beautiful. So now they're they're home. They're weary, but they're home. And they're on the beach at Coney Island. Uh, Swan looks around and... um, he looks around and he goes, this is what we've been fighting all night to get back to. It's kind of a realization, I think, for him, too. Right. That 
I risked my life for this. For this, you know. So, um, he's like, maybe I'll take off. Maybe I'm not going to stay here. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I'll go with you. She goes, I like traveling. And this is, okay, so they're already like an old married couple. Because mm-hmm. he goes, maybe I'll take off. And she goes, I like traveling. And he goes, where have you ever been? And she goes, nowhere. I just know I'd like to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking funny, you know. They're already acting kind of like a, an old married couple. Mm-hmm. Now the rogues pull up and they're fucking graffitied car. That fucking is a Cadillac. Too. Yeah, it's all fucking spray painted. The rogues pull up. And here's where we get the classic chink, 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 chink. chink. And that goes on for a minute, yeah. too, before he even starts. Warriors, come out to play, yay. Warriors, come out to play, he, he ramps that shit all the way up. Dude, so I remember the first time I saw this movie, yeah. I thought that was the coolest fucking scene in any movie I had ever. Dude, I walked around for months after that going, Warriors, come <laughs> out and play. So, uh, on I'm trying to think who was it, but they did West Siders. Oh, oh you're Matt right. Matt yes, May. I think it was like Matt. I Tanny know, I know exactly what you're talking about. I just can't about. think exactly who it yes. was. Yes, they've done that. I think they parodied this a few times. Mm-hmm. They did MTV did a bump back in the 90s that was like this, and I can't remember what it was, but it was like for the MTV Video Music Awards or some shit. So, this is cool because Swan is still trying to protect Mercy. Mm-hmm. He's like, you need to take off. Oh, it's the Eastsiders. Eastsiders. Yeah. But he's telling Mercy, you need to take off and get out of here. And she was like, I can take care of myself. And he's like, yeah, I bet you can. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but she does. She says, I can take care of myself. You know that. And he goes, yeah, but this is cool. He's like. I can't fight them and watch you at the same time. Fuck, dude. These guys are totally fucking in love. Yep. And it's awesome. You know? He's like, I can't fight and watch out for you, too. And she's like, you don't need to watch out for me. I can handle myself. So then she ends up staying with them because she's a fucking badass. Badass. And she's not a whore. A <laughs> She's like, are there any glory holes around here? <laughs> anyway, so... Um, the Warriors are home, so they know exactly what the score is. They're picking up pipes. They're breaking shit off of the fucking building. They're arming themselves. All of a sudden, Swan's got a switchblade. Where the fuck did that come from? Maybe he took it from somebody I don't remember. Yeah, from one of the, from a Samoa Joe or fucking <laughs> Tony Rocky Horror, whoever the that sloth. was. <laughs> Sid the Sloth. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got a switchblade. You can't take it. <laughs> So they're 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 on their turf now. Right. And you can kind of tell by their attitude. Their whole demeanor kind of changes like, uh-uh, you ain't pulling this shit on Coney Island, motherfuckers. Right. So, dude, you talk about shit that stuck with me for private time for years. Mm. Mercy grabs a fucking bottle and <laughs> breaks it over the wall. And she's holding it like a fuck. That was Goddamn hot. <laughs> she's ready to fuck somebody up. She, she's she's bad like, ass. And at this point, I'm like, yeah, girl, you ain't a whore. Right. You do that shit. <laughs> you, you have your man's back, bitch. Right? God damn, that was fucking cool. So the bottles are still clanking. Mm-hmm. Clink, clink, clink. And then everybody's armed, and Swan's leading them out. And he goes, we're going to lead them out to the ocean. 
and take them there. They fucking know the score. This is their turf. They know exactly how to do it. They've probably been on that sand their entire life. Right. And they know everybody else is going to be not as sure-footed on sand. Mm -hmm. That's exactly why they took them out there. So he's like, we're going to lead them out to the sand, and then they're fucked. So they're calling the shots now. They're slowing everything down. They get out there. Here come the rogues. And now there's the showdown. And he goes, and this is one of my favorite lines from uh, Luther. Swan goes, why'd you do it, man? Why'd you off Cyrus? And he goes, I don't know. I just like doing things like that. (laughs) Fuck, man. This guy's a nutcase. (laughs) So Swan tells him, he's like, and this is also very reminiscent of the Lost Boys. Mm -hmm. He goes, me and you, just us. And he's like, you're fucking crazy. (laughs) But this reminds me of when we cover the Lost Boys, I'll talk about this in depth. Every line Jason Patrick delivers in that movie is absolutely fucking horrible. So there's that part where he's racing the motorcycle and they get to the cliff and Jason Patrick dumps his bike and he goes run. First off, he goes running up to David and he goes, what the hell's matter with you, huh? (laughs) And he punches him and he goes, you, just you. Right, 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 right. (laughs) So that's kind of what this reminded me of with Swan where he's like, just you and me, let's go. And of course, fucking Luther knows Swan's going to whoop his ass because Luther's like 4'11", you know what I mean? And he's fucking methed out. And he's like, hell no. He's like, but we're going to take you down, warriors. We're going to kill you. So then um, he pulls out his gun and fucking badass Swan throws his goddamn switchblade, nails him right in the fucking forearm, causing him to drop his gun. He's like, ah! Ah! (laughs) So then... Being even more of a badass, Swan pulls the knife out of his arm and wipes the blood off of it with fucking Luther's hair. Oh. uh. (laughs) He might as well have slapped him and went, bitch. Bitch. Dude. So now Luther's cowering. He's holding his arms and his gang's around him. And then all of a sudden, riffs. (laughs) Oh, shit. Then you look up and then, Right there in the skyline, all the rifts are right there, and you're like, oh, fuck. So I wrote here, the rifts show up, the rogues are fucked. So they come <laughs> marching down, all like 500 of them, you know, and then sparkly jacket guy, sparkly jacket guy. <laughs> whose jacket is sparkling beautifully in the rising sun. It's almost a Twilight moment. Oh, my God. It's like he was a vampire. <laughs> That's like the third or fourth Twilight references in many episodes, too. And they were like, are you the riff leader? No, I'm the vampire. <laughs> All right, that was from Rockula, which you probably don't know either, and nobody else does either because I'm such a fucking dork. But uh, are you the DJ? No, I'm the vampire. <laughs> anyway, if I ever find Rockula on VHS, which I won't because mm-hmm. it's out of print and nobody's seen it or knows what it is, and if I found it, it'd probably cost $300. It's a great vampire comedy about a DJ vampire named hey. Rockula. Anyway... I always thought it would have been Rapula, but it's cool. Right. It's Rockula. That's actually one of the songs. And he holds his cape out, and it says Rockula across his cape. It's so (laughs) fucking cool. Anyway, so uh, they come walking up, all like 500 of them, and he's like, you warriors are good. And then it's cool because Swan's like, the best. 
<laughs> this reminded me. This reminded me of a lot of movies and stuff that happened in these movies. Remember the end of Top Gun, mm-hmm. where he goes, Iceman goes, "You ever need a wingman? Let me know." And Tom Cruise goes, "Bullshit, I'll be yours." <laughs> oh my god, just that whole like corny like. So Swan's like the best. So, uh, and this is where the leader of the Riffs has his Marcellus Wallace moment. Right. Because he goes, the rest of this is ours. He's like, I ain't done with you by a long shot. You hear me? You Billy? You hear me, Cobra Man? Fire it up, my ass. I'm going to call some hard pop hitting niggas, and we're going to get medieval on your ass. So they go closing in on the rogues, and the last thing you hear is Luther going, No! But he's like such a little bitch right here. He's like, because, okay, but before that, he's like, No, no, it, it wasn't me. It's the wires. The wires did it. I was like, This part aggravated me right? so much. Because he's such a little bitch. Much. He's like, I think I just pissed myself. You can't, you can't be this, you know, <clears throat> this fucking lawless person right you know because he's done everything right. and then turned into this little bitch. all right let me tell you Ugh. have you seen mandy no the nicholas cage movie Possibly. Uh, oh my god okay it's a fucking trip and a half you need to see it mm-hmm. if for no other reason because of the uh the goblin serial anyway and there's a whole scene this is the nicholas cageiest movie ever made there's a scene <laughs> where he's sitting on the toilet in his tidy whiteies, mm-hmm. drinking a fifth of whiskey and just bawling his eyes out. Fucking Academy Award nomination shit from Nicolas Cage here. <laughs> but there's a part in the movie, I don't want to give too much away, but it's a revenge movie. Mm-hmm. And the, the main protagonist is this weird, acid-trippy cult leader. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the movie, Nicolas Cage finally has him cornered and he has him where he wants him where he can kill him and this really reminded me of this the guy has been like this jesus type figure through the whole movie like oh i'm so great suck my cock blah 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 <laughs> so now he's got him on his knees where nicholas cage can kill him and he's bawling come on man and he sounds just like fucking cobra guy come on man. and he Luther. goes he goes uh man come on i'll suck your dick just don't kill me <laughs> i could totally hear luther saying that to sparkly jacket dude you got a glory hole man I'll come on ask her ask mercy she knows where all the glory holes are <laughs> and she's like hey i ain't no whore <laughs> like off the off camera you heard go i ain't no whore <laughs> so yeah so luther's fucked all of the rogues are fucked except the snitch. Except the snitch. But snitches get stitches. They probably tortured and killed his yeah. ass too for being a fucking snitch. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, yeah, they're closing in. And the last thing you hear is Luther going, no. So then we get a radio update. And, oh, I guess there's been a mistake. The huntsman called off. Welcome home, warriors. Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, the warriors are innocent. And then. You hit the Joe Walsh music. Ba-bom, bom, ba-bom, bom. Somewhere over the horizon. In this movie, 
all of the characters literally swan and and mercy too they all walk like into the sunset but it's the sunrise mm -hmm. because the remaining guys are together and they're walking mercy and swan are holding hands walking into the sunset and the credits are rolling while the joe walsh music is playing they're walking down the beach getting smaller and smaller as they walk away where you're just seeing their silhouettes and mercy and swan are like holding hands and it's perfect and the other guys are together like in this camaraderie and they're like celebrating because they're happy to be home it is quite possibly the most perfect movie ending ever made yep it, there's nothing that could have improved that. It's perfect. Yep. Except that they had panned back over, and Luther was like frantically sucking that guy's dick to <laughs> fucking not get killed. <laughs> like, I told you. I said, both hands, look. Uh, uh, don't kill me. And like all the rogues are standing around, like, what a little bitch. And they're like, Man, why are you sucking that guy's dick to not get killed? And he's like, I just like doing things like that. <laughs> but no, that ending is absolutely goddamn perfect. Yes. Absolutely. There's not one thing that I could say would have made that better. Oh, my God. I just looked at the time. I'm about to say, we're a whole hour over. You guys, if you hung with us, you fucking love us. And right. we appreciate the hell out of you. We're at 338, and I don't give a fuck. I'm about to say, we went on seven to 40 different tangents right <laughs> this is good though i i fucking love this so anyway no, this, this movie's badass right so scale of one to ten what do you give this movie it's look to be honest it's almost a 10 for me right it is almost a 10 right um like I, I, i'm trying to think what could i say bad about the movie yeah it's to be honest it's it's i'm gonna go a hard nine Hell yeah. Like, I feel like I just can't give it a 10 just because I don't want my... I, I'm trying not to Because nothing's absolutely it. perfect. Right. That and and just trying to not have my nostalgia, you know, of the movie. Right, right. You know, I'm, I'm going to say 9. I would also give this movie a solid 9. Yeah. God damn. I think even though, like, I say Pulp Fiction is one of my favorite movies. We've run from Dust Till Dawn, which is one of my other favorite movies. Right. This I haven't gotten this hyped over a movie. This is the most hyped I've gotten over a movie we've covered. Shit. And it just came out of nowhere because we were sitting here mm -hmm. before we started one time. And I was like, I don't have a movie for next time yet. What do you want to do? And you just happened to look over to your left mm -hmm. to where my little, I have a little rack of VHSs right there. And you look down and saw, you're like, oh, we need to do the Warriors. And I was like, oh, hell Yeah. Cause look, like to be honest, it like I I legitimately can't say anything bad. It was about sitting this right movie. there, nudged between the haunting of Morella and to die for, which is weird <laughs> that it was in between two vampire movies. Anyway, I don't know, but um, yeah, it was just right off there. I, so. Like I like seriously, I I'm legitimately trying to think of what it could be. You know, yeah, I would like this mm. is a a world that I would love to immerse myself in. Oh right, I would love to know. How I the want to know the rifts and well, how, I want to know how many more warriors there are. Right, because that was only nine delegates. Exactly, and they had to be a major gang to get invited there. Definitely, you know, I don't know. Especially so, twenty-seven miles away. From, I could see this like a Sons of Anarchy type uh -huh. series. You know, it would be cool, but I don't know. Yeah, I'd give it a solid nine too. Hell yeah! Let's go, BBG. I'm about to say we 
We get nipples. That's about it. <laughs> not a lot of blood. No guts. Uh, not really any blood, really. And there was a lot of violence in this movie to not have blood. It was really weird. There was a lot of stabbing, shootings. Right. Blunt objects. Lizzie's getting the living shit kicked out of him. <laughs> I'm going to do something weird here, though. All right. Let's hear it. I'm giving this a nine on the booby factor. Even though we saw no boobs. Dude, Mercy was killing it in that tank top. And just from going back to being a, an adolescent teen watching this and the effect, that first scene when she stepped off on those stairs that that had on me, I got to give it a I, I got to give it a solid nine. And I've never given any boob in the, in the movie a nine yet. So right. even if from Dust Till Dawn, yeah, I got it. Just on the nostalgia factor, I'm giving it that. <laughs> and I don't give a fuck. Damn. Damn, so yeah, damn. we're we got a we got a theme going on now as we go into three forty two that I don't give two fucks. No, no, not one. Break this up and listen to it in pieces if you have to, but this is gold. I'm sorry. Yep. So all right, let's uh take a listen to what we're doing next time on the seven hundred taste podcast. Now a motion picture so grand, so magnificent, and so vast. It spans 7,000 years. No way! Yes way! But it starts with Bill. I'm Bill S. Preston! Who is Joan of Arc? And Ted. Noah's wife? We are in danger of flunking most heinously tomorrow. A force from the future. Can we go anywhere we want at any time? You can do anything you want. Is putting history at their fingertips. Let's reach out and touch someone. They're traveling through time. How's it going, royal ugly dudes? Put them in the Iron Maiden. Excellent! Execute them. Bogus. How's it going, dude? And they're making a big impression. Historical babes. Now they're home. Everybody get together and remember who your buddy is. To trash the 20th century. We got a live one here. Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter. Napoleon. Napoleon. We're from history. Billy the Kid. Oh my God. Joan of Arc. Sigmund Freud. Tell me about your mother. You a musician? Beethoven. Genghis Khan! Abraham Lincoln. Party on, dudes! Socrates. George Carlin. We're history. If you guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! <gasps> Bill and Ted's... Excellent! Excellent! Excellent adventure. Party on, dude. So there we have it. We have come to the end of this three hour and 45 minute podcast. Yeah, as <laughs> a record. Hell yeah. Now, normally we probably would have broke that in half, but it's a holiday weekend. Damn right. I don't give a fuck. Not a flying one either. I know Roman don't give a fuck. Nope, nope. not a sitting one either. Right? <laughs> you ain't got to work tomorrow. Oh, let me look at my bags of fucks to see if I have any. Oh, there it goes. It just oh, flew away. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you ain't got no job, and there ain't shit to do. You got some Joe Walsh going. Damn right. We're doing Bill and Ted next time. Damn right. 
Excellent. I love that. I love that. Starring blah blah blah. Napoleon, Napoleon. Abraham Lincoln, Socrates, <laughs> and um, Joan of Arc. <laughs> Joan of Arc. And then they're like, and, uh, Sigmund, uh, Sigmund, Sigmund Ford. Ford. It's so funny. But then they're like, the... and uh, oh fuck, George Carlin <laughs> <laughs> as himself, as Rufus. But yeah, Bill and Ted next time, guys. I am Jasperino. Stick around. As always, for the man, the myth, the legacy, Roman Alvarado, we will catch you guys on that goddamn motherfucking flip side. Get it harder, baby. I ain't made out of glass. I ain't no whore. I ain't no whore. We know. Thank <laughs> you.